No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Today I'm in here yeah. with the Yard Father. Yes, sir. The one and only Saigon. How you feeling, yes, man? I'm good, man. Great, man. I flew away from New York for you, man. Oh, I'm hyped. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I, I wouldn't do that for most people, but, you know, this is... You, you the man, bro. Oh, you know, I appreciate I, I like, that. That's I, crazy. I like the BMX shit. I like, I'm, you know, I'm one of those good kids that's into, like, you know, danger shit. And I see me doing a bike, the BMX shit, riding up the ramps. And I'm like, eventually he's going to hurt himself, but I don't want it to happen. That's crazy because yeah. I remember my early days of moving to New York City and living in Astoria and riding around on my bike by myself at night in Long Island City and all that shit and just having my fucking iPod in my pocket. <clears throat> and this was, like, 2004 or five, whatever. This is like, right when you kind of came on the scene and yeah. that was like you pap, pap uh-huh. g-unit dipset were pretty much like the soundtrack to my earliest days uh-huh. in new york city so Facts. it's kind of like coming full circle right now to even be talking to you and for you to show appreciation of bmx and shit that's yeah, amazing that's for us just blaze a lot of people don't know that's just blaze thing and you know just blaze he collects bikes he rebuilds them right he goes he got like fucking old dinos and fucking uh, uh, old GT performers and shit with pegs, like the shit I always wanted. Like as a kid, I used to fucking steal bikes. I'm not gonna lie, unfortunately, because we couldn't afford them. That's so right. we'd steal them, spray paint them. Not even realize it looks so stupid after you spray paint the shit. Right. Steal a bike and spray paint it like somebody don't realize it's their their GT performer and shit. And we used to and, take our bikes and not even take them apart and just spray paint the fuck out of the whole thing. Basically, like hijacking the aesthetic of a bike that had been stolen, even though uh-huh. it hadn't been stolen. Yeah, that shit like that. <laughs> you know, we and just thought it looked hard. If you had mags, you were like, that was like having rims and shit back then. Like, mm. Oh shit, he got mags on his shit. That's crazy. So, <laughs> it's a big deal. What's the relationship with just like right now? Like, you, you, awesome, you speak man. about him like you guys are still close? Awesome, close, man. Yeah, it's like my brother, man. Like, I, I talked to his mom. His mom calls me son. Like, really? And, and we haven't, well, we worked on some new music recently, like, hey, with him mixing and doing some other stuff. But, uh, like we haven't really went in like that in two, two, three years. But you know, we just built over over the course of doing Greatest Story Never Told and doing that deal. We we established a brotherhood. Like mm. that, that's my brother, brother. That's I, dope. I, that rarely does that happen. That yeah. so, an artist signs to a, a producer yeah. or a guy who has a label or whatever, yeah. and then it doesn't work out. But then they somehow still yeah. remain close. Yep. And and I and I and you know what. Things happen for a reason because that relationship, even though it didn't work out like like I would have wanted it to, like building that relationship and, and me, because I don't, I have very few friends that mm. I guys that I consider friends. So to, to so for us to establish that kind of relationship was worth it all. You know what I'm saying? Because not just because he's just Blaze, but because he's a genuine guy. You know, we both. He watched me have my first child. I watched him have his first child. He was there. Yeah, he he was there when when my mom passed away. He went through oh, it with wow. me. My sister went through some shit. Like he's always been supportive of more than just like I call him to this day and be like, "Just uh, I need yada yada yada," and he's gonna be there and, and vice versa. Wow, you know, man, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, I can you settle an argument for me earlier today? Uh-huh. I was talking about. I, I, okay, I have a friend, AD, that I do a podcast with sometimes, and I played one of your newer songs, the MF song, uh-huh. and I said, check this out, this shit is crazy as fuck, and he was hating, and he said, oh, this ain't as good as Alphabetical Slaughter, and I'm like, this is so much harder, yeah. and then I played him the fucking P joint, like the original yeah. version of that, and yeah. I was like, look, like, doing the M and the F for the words, for those who don't know, it's like he's basically just MF using mad words that begin with M and then another word that and F. you gotta make it make perfect sense. That's the thing. It made a lot of sense yeah, for it, such a tight constraint. Yeah, you have to make it make... It's one thing to use the letters and make them rhyme, but right. to make it make sense... Like, if you can say it and it's still like... 
The MF motherfucking metaphorical fire. Most fear my flow. My fashion's more flyer. Right. Matter of fact, the masses familiar with getting mind fucked for my family. When you can say it and you not have to rap it to a beat, that's when you could tell what's what. So you can confirm for me that it was more difficult to write the verse with oh, the yeah. MF thing than oh, just uh, using a single one, consonant? One million percent. Boom, I one win. Million, one million percent. Even Gucci Rap, who's the cool genius of rap, He's like, Saigon, bro, you got to stop this shit. Every time you, you want to do a song, you got me jumping through fucking hoops. Right. You know what I'm saying? Got me doing... I can't just do a normal verse. Yeah, you gotta I can't give just me write a, a verse like a shit. calculus project. I got to go backwards and forwards and shit like that. And, you know, so, yeah, I like... Because at this point, I've been in this game 19 years. I did a, I've done a lot as far as, like, creative writing, like, te- pushing my limits on what I could come up with. So you start to run out of fucking ideas, mm. and you're like, shit... What can I do next? And you know, so um, yeah, that 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 was a fun one. And the video's cool. With the video, I, I put the words there so people could read along. So that's very say, 2020 of yeah, you nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They say, need yeah. that. I say, yeah, these kids are kind of slow. Yeah. They, they're slow gas. So let me put the words and show them exactly what I'm doing. That'll you know help saying? you out with the, the foreign audience as well as like the Absolutely. little kids. Like yep. if, when you watch like yeah. YouTubers who end up making music videos <laughs> and stuff, they always put the words yeah. on the screen. And now I'm Facts. starting to notice more and more real rappers Facts. fall in Facts. line with that too. Tech Nine, Tech Nine, you know, I just did a situation over there with them. And he when he makes his lyric videos, Mm. I love it because sometimes I get lost. He raps so fast. Right. Almost nobody can tell what he's saying at yeah, times. Yeah, but then yeah. you read the shit, you're like, this shit was fucking genius. Like, right. he, did he really just say that? Like that? He's one of the most underrated fucking artists of our, of our generation. Insane. And I guess it's because, you know, I guess because Kansas City and Midwest and, and uh, like the paint, the face paint mm-hmm. and the, all the other shit that made people go, what the fuck is this demonic shit or whatever the fuck people thought. Right. And they just overlooked how talented he is as an artist. He's fucking phenomenal. He is. He's incredible. Yeah, incredible. We, we, when I think about your career, it feels like you maybe were kind of like one of the last of a dying breed in the sense that lyricism was really still kind of treated as like the number one priority uh-huh. when you were coming out, when you were signed, when people started to get excited about you. Um, would you say that that's accurate? Obviously, there's still tons of rappers who um, their primary yeah, thing is that I, they're lyrical. I got caught up. Yeah, I, I, that's 100% accurate. I you got kind of caught between two worlds. I got caught up in the ringtones. You remember the mm-hmm. ringtones when your phone would ring and it'd be a fucking flow rider or some shit? Mm-hmm. I got caught up in that. And I was on Atlantic Records, which is fucking, that's all they cared about at the time was a ringtone or a jingle. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not a jingle writer. Like my fi- my, my, my first single is called Pain in My Life. Right. And with, with Trey songs. And then the song like, had a lot of fucking, you know, substance in it. And I'm like, they, they whole shit was nah, we need we need jingles. This is what we on. So it's kinda like once you once you it's like being in a bad marriage. Right. Uh, uh, just like the oh a fucking marriage is a contract, a record label's the same shit. If y'all mm. don't uh, if y'all don't see eye to eye Shit ain't gonna work out. You're gonna get a divorce, and that's what happened. Like, uh, we just got a divorce. Quit. I knew within two, three months I was in the wrong place. Mm. Cause I'm like, y'all not gonna support me, and they wanted me to do. F- they go, oh, be like Lupe. Right. And they wanted me to fucking. I said, fucker. First of all, Lupe don't even skateboard. He's tricking you, motherfucker. <laughs> you give Lupe a skateboard right now, that motherfucker's gonna fall and bust his head open. Right. But he was smart enough to to trick it and go. If you look, if you watch Kick Push video. You'll never see Lupe Fiasco on a skateboard. Right. Not one scene. <laughs> they wanted you to do skateboard music? They wanted music? me to do something. <laughs> do something like gimmicky something a little bit more? Gimmick, yeah, something like, yo, we need, we need something more gimmicky. Because they didn't even know Kick Push was going to work. Right. 
he just tapped into a market that was brand new. Right. So, and it started to work. So and that was, was like, that was like the early days. Like a couple years after that, you would have like Soldier Boy rapping, standing absolutely. on yeah, a skateboard. Absolutely. Lupe even kinda, Wayne, even he, Wayne yeah. got, went through the skate. Lupe. Really Wayne is the, still on it. Wayne still will put out oh, skate yeah. parts like to this yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wayne's he's he's a freaking nature. That kid is uh, he's special. Yeah. He's spe- he's very talented. And I remember one time I did radio in Atlanta with Wayne. I did, I I only knew about the wobbly wobbly little Wayne. So right. I'm like. They want us to freestyle. I was like, I'm about to kill this little motherfucker. <laughs> and I ain't gonna lie, it was a DJ drama radio show. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to work this little nigga right here. This nigga, Lil Wayne from the Hot Boys, mm-hmm. wants to freestyle with Saigon. So he had this cocky attitude. He's like, yeah, I go first. So I'm like, oh, this nigga really thinks. You think this exists online? Like the, the I don't know the video it, of this, or is it just a uh, song? Or it was a free. We were on a radio show, right? I don't, this if this is I, online, we need it. Or if word. if if it's not, somebody I, I needs hope, to put yeah, it out. Somebody needs to because I didn't even want to rap. T rap. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, it was that intimidating. His shit. Yeah, he intent, yo. I was like, I wasn't ready, bro. I didn't know he could rap that good. You know what I'm saying? Right. I just know him from being in the Hot Boys and shit. I didn't realize how fucking. It, how much he had bought, he evolved at the time, right. and this was early on. This must have been like oh five or some shit, fifteen years ago. And he said some shit. I get money all day, like the toll. And I'm thinking like, oh shit, the toll does <laughs> make money all fucking day. It's <laughs> <laughs> real. Yeah, I'm like, damn. He has so much witty, so many witty lines. I'm like, I don't have none of that shit. And he got so many oohs and ahs. Ooh, ah. When niggas rapping, he gets that many oohs and ahs, and your turn's next. You're like, right. fuck. Because if I don't get that many oohs and ahs, I didn't, he won. Yeah, and, I mean, that was an unbelievable, like, career evolution to witness. Because yeah, if you were paying yeah. attention to Lil Wayne in, like, 97, 98, yeah. like, there was not a ton of evidence yeah. that would suggest that he was going to become what he became by, like, 2005. Yeah, now now people arguably say he's one of the best lyricists ever. Oh, yeah. He was definitely the number one rapper in the world for a couple of years. Couple there, years no problem. Yeah. He had a run. He, he, Wayne's career is crazy because if you, even if you look, he gave us Drake and Nicki Minaj, and those a lot of a lot of big artists brought out other artists, but not that not that you said not got bigger than the actual yeah, guy. Yeah, he doesn't get credit for that because like they Beanie became so big. Beanie was never going to be bigger than Jay, right? You know but they mean? became so big that it's like it's not even you, you don't forget, think of that as yeah, part of his for, narrative. Exactly, yeah. you forget that those are his artists and shit. When you think of your early hip hop education. What what was it mostly about? What made you think that it was the coolest shit in the world? Um, I was born. The thing is, my mother used to rap, mm. so my mom's would do her little freestyles and sing. She had she was like the original Drake and shit. She would be rapping and then going to a song, and I thought it was so cool and shit. And then you gotta understand, I'm born late '70s, so rap that's when hip hop was born. So I was kind of like brought up with the culture. Mm. So I remember watching Video Music Box when I'm six years old seven years old and seeing Ralph McDaniels and the vid kid and they're like and they're showing fucking uh, UTFO videos and shit like that and I'm just intrigued by it that's what a lot of it is in this book like I, I pretty much was like there's not a time where I didn't know what hip hop music was in my life so as it was growing as a culture I was growing as a human and I was like this is just I gotta do this I've been wanting to be a rapper since I was born since I that was like when you know when you ask a kid in kindergarten what he want to be when he grows up. Right. I was a rapper, and then it came. Then I wanted to be a gangster, and then I got caught in between and shit. You know <laughs> That's <laughs> you know? funny. I got caught between. You know. Definitely. Yeah. But did you? 
do you think that rap in a lot of ways kind of showed you that you wanted to become a gangster? Like was rap the blueprint yeah. that made you think uh-huh. that you had to do that? Because when gangster rap evolved, I evolved with the with the culture. Because mm. you know, I remember the blackity black and I'm black. I, I I had the dashiki on when when X Clan and the was right. out. whatever rap was going, I was following it. Before the music industry decided that it's a lot easier to sell guns exactly. and violence guns and than violence. revolution. Exactly. Yeah. I, so I remember when there was a the original MMG came out. It was a group from Harlem mm. called Mad Motherfucking Gang. Gangsters, and, and uh, 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 across the one one zero, across the one, and and this is before, way before Maybach music, and these guys were just on some straight, like like mob style. They was rapping about straight street shit, and I'm 11, 10 years old, and I'm like, so as as the like black and proud shit starts to fade, I'm like, fuck it, this is what's popping, N.W.A. the gangster shit, gangster. And then I, when Onyx came out, it was over. Like, they, <laughs> they, those are the ones who took me over the top. Throw your guns in the air. When that shit came out, I went and got my hand on a pistol. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to be a gangster. This is rap. And that, that's why when I did get the opportunity to get a record deal, I understood the influence of the shit. Right. Because I'm like, kids, this shit is influential. Mm. So when kids are, are looking up to this shit, that's why these kids all, all want to try drugs. That's why they want to pop, do mollies and, and sip lean and do all the shit they see the rappers do because, you know, they look up to. Th- this shit had more influence than my father and my mother, hip-hop. And, yeah. and any of anybody around me. Onyx yeah. is crazy when you think about like the the early imagery that came out. Like what, before I interviewed them, I went back and I was just looking at all this shit and thinking about how that shit looked to me as like a nine year old, a ten year old. <laughs> yeah. And it was like shaved heads, wearing all black, all black. boots. Yep. It really like it was a lot of imagery that was almost like like the other side of the coin for like skinhead type Facts. shit. Where Facts. it's like these dudes were beyond intimidating. Facts. When Slam came out, mm-hmm. I cut my head ball. I cut my head. I remember I was in a group home. I thought I was sticky. I wanted to be sticky fingers. I wanted to cock eye and all that. Like, somebody <laughs> fuck my eye up because I, yeah, I wanted the bad eye. Right. I wanted to be this guy. You know what I'm saying? The, just that, yeah. that image of like not taking shit from anybody, and, like yeah, likely to pop yeah, off facts, about anything. Facts, yeah, facts. That's 100%. I mean, I'm in a group home one time. We, we having a fucking little group home softball game. And, you know, somebody hit a pop fly and, you know, I'm in the outfield and the shit hits my mitt and falls on the ground right so some kid goes oh i thought you were sticky fingers everybody starts laughing i go over there and start fighting again boop, 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 boop. <laughs> in <laughs> your like, baseball uniform yeah wow. running over there and the guy's on my team too yeah. boop, 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 boop. starts beating them up so i'm like yeah i'm gonna show you the other side of sticky fingers this is what sticky would do right. i go over there and start pounding on the guy and shit that's why i got caught up in between like the love wanting to be a rapper and wanting to be a gangster and and i see a lot of these rappers are, you know, they want to be gangsters now. It's like, I'm, I'm, to, I'm not talking about a kid. I was a child. These are grown men now who are 35 and start rapping and then be like, fuck it. Let me get a gun. Let me go right. shoot somebody. Let me catch a case. And, and you know, as an adult, mm-hmm. to me, that's fucking silly. Like, I did my time as a kid. When you learn, you go, okay, I'm not I'm not going backwards. A lot of these guys are college, college dudes, bro, who, right. who had the straight and narrow and then decided, fuck it, I want to be a gangster. I want to be a G when I'm 27, 28 years old, 29 years old. I hear about guys who like actually have careers. They've made it partially in the industry. They have something going Facts. on. And they want to get put on a hood that they're not from. Yep. And they yeah. don't, they're so stupid <laughs> yeah, that they don't yeah. understand yeah. that you are the number one target to get extorted, to go out and 100%. do some stupid shit. Like everything about that is mind blowing. And to motherfuckers me. is trying to, and people who, 
are in that position want to be in your position. Oh, yeah. They don't want to. These motherfuckers want to get out the hood. You think they, if they had a choice to say, you got to sit here and live in the fucking 60s on Crenshaw and mm-hmm. Slauson in the, in the middle or on the jungle or live in this fucking nice suburban area, they, 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 they choose the fucking ghetto mm-hmm. where, where they, you think that that's what they want? No, they don't have a fucking choice. And you choose, you want to be like somebody. When when they trying to get to where you at, you want to move backwards. I never fucking understood that. Yeah. I never understood how you could grow up in a nice household, grow up with two, sometimes two parents, or even if it's one parent, a strong parent, a mm-hmm. strong mom, a sometime equivalent to both parents, and you choose to go backwards and go, nah, fuck that. I want to act like I grew up unprivileged and fucked up, eating fucking pork and beans and shit for dinner like me. Like... And it never, I never understood it. And that's why, another reason why I wrote this book, because this shit details a lot of that. I'm very excited to read that, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, man, I can't wait. Because you Pink. know what it is? A lot of people just desperately want a hero's journey within their own life. And the mm-hmm. truth is, is that if you grow up in a nice area and you don't, you know, a lot of times, like, uh, I'll be watching documentaries about people and stuff, and it's almost like they don't make, you, you, you're not worthy of a documentary unless you're, like, addicted to drugs or, like, an alcoholic or, or had some crazy addiction that you had to beat. And in a lot of ways, I think that's what people do is that they grow up in an environment where there's nothing really, like, around them mm-hmm. that is threatening their existence. It's not like a kid who grows up in the hood where they, they're scared, walking yeah. to school, they join a gang, they carry yeah. a gun because they're terrified. It's because... They don't feel like they've really lived a life unless they go through this perilous journey that they can somehow survive. It's it's it doesn't even make sense. It's almost like the Takashi kid, bro. Yeah. It's almost like, bro, you 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 didn't have to go and, mm-hmm. and, and affiliate yourself with these street guys. These guys are really street guys. Like Nuke and these guys are gangsters, real mm-hmm. gangsters. You already had your little thing going. You know what I'm saying? You had something going on, but you felt like, okay, this gonna this is gonna validate me. Yeah. But you didn't look at like you said, there's a flip side to that coin. Mm. Because when the shit went down, you just you wanted to, to disassociate yourself as quick as possible. Yeah. And, no, and I'm not part of the gang. No, I didn't <laughs> He used to even say, he said, like, you know, I had a wave going in terms of like the SoundCloud rap yeah, type he, fans, yeah, the weirdo fan. rap fans. Was, yeah. But he used to get millions of views before all of that shit. Right. And, but it, the crazy thing is, is that he's right. Like, he would not have been accepted by the streets in the same way if he didn't get to be in a video with 20 dudes well, with, with red rags. Yeah. But the reality is, is like, you could have stayed a version of you that was much, much closer to your real self. Exactly. And then yeah. had a sustainable career. Facts. Probably a smaller, more moderate career. But I mean, take somebody like Tech Nine. If Tech Nine early in his career had decided that he wanted to represent himself as yeah. his crazy super gangster he would have probably appealed musically to a much larger audience but he also would have been bullshitting not to say the tech nine is not really with the shits because uh, i mean i believe he's a stand-up guy in many regards but yeah. you know he could have put himself out there it wasn't just like putting yourself out as a gangster it was putting yourself out there as a caricature You're of right. a gangster at 100 cartoon gangster 100 and this guy he, he he ran with it and he had people in his ear telling him yo shorty fall back bro mm-hmm. Fall Those back. same gangsters were basically telling them that this might not have been the best idea. Yeah, and 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 now look, all of these guys lost so much at, at that stage of your life. If you're in your 30s, you get sentenced to 15, 12, 13 years. That's a hit, bro. Mm. That's a fucking hit. Like you gonna you got to start brand new. Who's the who with the with the way the world is going right now? Who the fuck's gonna know what the state of the world is gonna be in a decade? Mm. With the shit we going through now, look, we're in a fucking pandemic. Donald Trump is the president. Fucking, they talking about a third wave coming. Of, 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 of who the fuck knows what, 
what's going to be in 10 years, bro? And you mm-hmm. got to sit in this fucking cage because you decided to be around this little fucking kid who's not who, who, who had a decent life, who has a mom, who loves him, right. who you know lives on a nice part of Brooklyn and Bushwick where you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you where he's from, you got to go looking for trouble. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All Brooklyn ain't bad. There's certain little <laughs> pockets and shit, but there's nice areas in Brooklyn too. Right. Just like everywhere else. No, the area in Bushwick that he's from is not you know, it's not an area where you're constantly not presented this, uh, with not, danger. Not, These not, days, not, yeah. Not yeah. in this day and age. Probably I lived in the there 80s. about 2006, and I saw it changing so it evolve, much during yeah. that time period. But I'm sure 10 years before that, it was a different world. You go there now, they have outside cafes where motherfuckers is eating on the, on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody's worried about, no. there's a police on every day. It's super safe. Yeah. Shit is so crazy that even like Ridgewood has been gentrified to the point super that safe. that doesn't feel like an ethnic yeah, normal neighborhood. It used to be like, I don't know if you it's Greek people or whatever. You got to go to Brownsville, yep. East New York, to feel like you're in Brooklyn. Definitely. The, the old Brooklyn nowadays. Even Crown Heights and Crown Heights is nice. Now. Right. Crown Heights and Beth, they call Bed-Stuy, it Bed Stuy. has been done for a while, yeah, which is Stuyvesant hard to imagine. Heights. You know? Stuyvesant Heights now. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Games, yeah. Shit is nice. Like That's crazy. Yeah, it's different. So, okay, when, when you think about your relationship with like New York City as a, a street rapper from New York City, like mm-hmm. how, how do you feel about that culture? Uh, I mean, it just must seem very different. And you're someone who you know figured out that and shit was not I, quite what it seemed real early like, on. I don't want to feel like I'm, I be picking on Ebro because everybody be like, oh, you <laughs> picking on Ebro? Like, I don't give a fuck about the guy that much to pick on him, but it's just reality. When Ebro became the program director at Hot 97, mm-hmm. that's when New York fucked up. That's when, because we had a thing going where no matter where you were from, if you was fucking with hip-hop, you paid, you paid homage to New York and said, okay, even if we don't sound like New York, New York's the mecca. New York is, you know, they, and they loved our, they loved the way our sound. They loved Rakim. They loved Big Daddy Kane. They loved all of these artists. And then when it became, a, became when he came from, from uh, the Bay or wherever he came from and became the, the program director, mm-hmm. he became just watching the charts. Mm. So he's looking at other regions where other guys is popping and they go, fuck that. Fuck these New York guys. Put these niggas on the radio at 13 o'clock. Nigga, mm. when everybody sleep. You know what I'm saying? So me, Pat, Mur- Uncle Murda, a lot of us, Graf, we caught bad dick. That was the era when, when Ebro came around. And so then all, all you heard on the radio was DJ Unk, walk it out, walk it out. <laughs> you heard fucking the franchise boys. Right. And then you go anywhere else. Like, I, I, I'm driving through L.A. right now. All I hear is Roddy Rich, Roddy mm-hmm. Rich, every, because he's from, he's from Compton. They, they, and, and, you know, you hear, uh, you hear L.A. It sounds like L.A. when you're out here. You go to Atlanta. It sounds like Atlanta. You go anywhere else in that region. If you go to the Bay Area, you're going to hear the Bay Area. You're going to hear other shit, like Top 40 shit. But their shit is going to be just as prominent. Mm. When, he, when he became, he, I guess he was just caring about his job and, and watching the charts. He said, fuck these, the New York sound. Fuck that sound. Fuck that boom bap shit. We're, um, whatever's tra- topping the charts, that's what we're playing. And that's what, that's what rhythmic radio is about. And then that killed us. Right. It, it, and then we, we lost our edge. Then, we, then a New York artists start to feel like, I got to sound like this to get on the radio. Mm. Then you had New York motherfuckers like... No, no disrespect to Mims in, in that era, they started trying to sound, this is why I'm hot, this mm-hmm. is why, this is why, started simplifying the shit, and then it became like, we gotta sound like this to get on the radio. And then it, then we just got, that's why I love what Griselda, look what Griselda's doing. 
Griselda came back and brought the, the essence back of boom bap. They shit is 86 beats per minute. Mm. They rap over slow shit and lyricism, and they emphasize that, and they winning. And it's crazy because they've actually managed to get the giant corporations of hip-hop yeah. on their side. Because, Shady and Rock Nation yeah. actually supporting them they and realizing should. that long-term and brand building. It. They and, deserve and it. You, I love it. I love you seeing and, that shit. and a lot of other people from your era really like deserved that same understanting yeah, and got, treatment. And it, it wasn't the stars of the Because now, now what changes the internet, you don't, need to, mm. you don't need the radio like you did when we was coming up. We, we depended. We had to go kiss ass for a spin. Yeah. Yo, uh, yo, can I get a spin? Now the internet would take your shit. Nobody, people can go. We don't. Nobody has to wait for your shit to come on the radio no more. Right. If they want to find you, they can go Google your name and, and you know what I'm saying, and, and go listen to your whole catalog. And I've heard Ebo kind of like try to defend why you know you only put songs on the radio that that will be you know continue to keep x amount of people uh, listening that's not hip-hop stuff. bro that then you might as well go to pop that's pop shit right hip-hop is hip-hop is rebellious because we see what happens when everything is based on what's the most popular like if facebook only allows the stories that are the most engaging for the viewers to mm -hmm. rise to the top we've seen what happens then a bunch of conspiracy theory shit yeah. and a bunch of you know racist you like pseudo it. propaganda Facts. ends up becoming the top ranked stuff that's because bullshit will always be more appealing to people than things that are a little bit that's, more that's measured and rational and I, that that view of the world is kind of short-sighted because in reality is like if you have a song that you believe is hot and deserves to be played X amount of times on the radio to mm -hmm. at least try to get the audience mm -hmm. to appreciate it. I mean, isn't that kind of your, isn't that your duty as a person yeah, whose but, job it is to spread music to the community? That's what a DJ supposed to. That's what a DJ supposed to do, and right. that's what a program. You're 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 a program director, so you're you're the one formatting the program on what gets played and what don't get played. Right. But a lot of these guys need job security, mm -hmm. so they go, my job's on the line. And I gotta, I gotta play what you know the, the higher ups want me to play because right. you know we gotta sell advertising and mm. it's a business. So when you look at it from a business standpoint, you look at it from a hip hop standpoint. The, the people that win is the people that go against the grain, the masterpiece of the game, mm. the fucking babies, the people who say fuck it, we are gonna do it our way. Those are the guys who win big. You know what I'm saying? Even guys like Dame Dash, I know you and Dame got your thing or whatever. Shout but, out but, but shout out to Dame, bro. But, but Dame was one of those innovative guys who when everybody's saying Jay-Z's trash, he'll never get a deal, he's whack. He said, fuck that. Mm. No, nah, we're going we gonna to keep pushing. We're going to do it ourselves. And, he, and, he, and they cut through. And now Jay-Z's the biggest artist ever in the world. Mm. Look how many people would have missed out on Jay-Z because, because he didn't sound like uh, who was hot at the time. Uh, uh, he didn't sound like Nas, or he didn't sound like this guy or that guy. They was like, fuck it. And then they went and did it themselves. And, 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 it, and, it, and it worked. But, and I, you know, one thing with Jay that I would say is different than you in the overall career trajectory is that Jay was willing to make a lot more compromises in a sense. Like, you know, he, he's acknowledged in his, in his raps that yeah. he could have been a much more lyrical, much more conscious version of what he ultimately chose to give uh -huh. the public. And that he, you know, uh, I read one of his books or a book about him at one point that really broke down a lot of his bars and said, like, you know, he's saying so much while saying so little in a way. And a mm -hmm. lot of... A lot of people from, you know, throughout rap history have kind of like given the people too much and not been willing to sort of dumb down a little bit. You, you have to. Do you look back at that and think that you were a little too hard headed with not being willing to compromise absolutely. on? Absolutely. Absolutely. No. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. 100%. 100%. Because it's like, think about it. And somebody broke this down to me after the fact. But in hindsight, 
I got a I got a huge record deal with a major label, major Atlantic Records. I'm talking about of uh, the you name it from from Aretha Franklin to right. the, like the biggest artist ever was on Atlantic Records and I get this opportunity and they go okay you can work with any artist and on the label you have you know I had a bit a lot of energy going in and I want I want my first single to be pain in my life and they're right. saying this is and then they said this is not smart and I go nah fuck that Pain in my life. Young Felicia was only four, but she, I need to be teaching the world. So somebody break the, broke it down to me later on. They said, if I don't know who you are, why the fuck would I care if you got pain in your life? Right. <laughs> I never looked at it like that. Like, if I, don't, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I don't know you, I don't give a fuck if you're happy, sad, painful, having a good... Who are you? Right. And then I didn't look. I'm like, hmm. So... What a lot, what, what a lot of people got to do, you got to reel people in first uh, and get them to pay attention to you first before you start to give them the deep shit. And to you, but, that was your mixtape run. To me, that yeah, exactly. But My, the 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 fans didn't necessarily like the ma more mainstream fans didn't necessarily know what, that what, version of you. What right? happened was the mixtape run. The mixtape run was all like gangster shoot 'em up, bang bang shit. Right. And it was working. That's what got me the deal. But I made a deal with God before I made a deal with Atlantic Records. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When I was sitting in them in them penitentiaries in themselves. And, and, and 23 hours a day, I wasn't in there like, this is the shit. I was in there like, I want to go home. And if I get another opportunity, I'm going to do shit differently. Right. So when I did get an opportunity to to, to get, have that big stage, and I'm like, because when I was doing the mixtape shit, honestly, I didn't know if it was going to work or not. But when I did get to the point where I got a deal, and they're like, okay, we're going to put you to the masses of people. And I'm sitting there, I said, and, you know, I, I said, I got to I gotta attempt, I got to do what's right. I got to say what's right. And that's why, and Atlantic didn't want me to do that kind of shit. Mm. They was like, yo, do what 50 Cent is what's hot. We need another 50 Cent. You got this nigga scorching hot. We, mm. they, they signed me thinking to compete with 50 Cent. And I go, look, I'm going in a whole nother direction. I'm I'm like the anti-50 cent kind of because he's saying shoot them motherfucker. And I'm saying, nah, shorty, don't shoot him. If you shoot him, you're going to go to jail. It's going to fuck your life up. Right. And, and it was the exact opposite. And then once they seen that, they was like, oh, shit, this nigga. And then I'm getting into fights with rappers. I'm doing shit because I was really living the street shit for real. Huh. And so the, a lot of these niggas are, like you said, cartoons. And I'm, I'm like, nah, I do this. Sh like, so, so then they, they look at my, the Mob Deep fight. I had fights with a lot, a lot of other people that never, we, we, we vowed to keep it pub, um, private because, you know, I was the victor and they like, yo, we, we homies, like, this shit stay between us, right? <laughs> so, but long story short, it's like, I was out there really, so the label started to look at me as like, not only is this guy not making the kind of music we want, he's, a, he's becoming a fucking liability. Mm. So it's like, and I knew it was a bad marriage, but one thing I love about Just Blaze just Blaze was like, man, fuck it. If it don't work out here, we're going to just keep keep persevering. If you understand, I put out Greatest Story Never Told, the album seven years later. Yeah. We recorded it in 2004. It came out on a label called Suburban Noise. The same album. You the didn't do anything exact, to spruce it up? All we did was clear, um, fix some samples. Okay. Same exact words, same exact everything. Seven years later, the album comes out on a label called Suburban Noise. A, a label who had like Cottonmouth Kings and oh. not not even really a fucking hip hop label from from L.A. from a label from out here. Right. Well, Kevin Zinger and them, and you know he was like, you know what? I believe in it. I, I believe in the fact that you stuck. I like the fact you stuck to your guns, and, and and you sticking with it for seven years. I was trying to put this album out. I was like, I'm not giving up on this album. I had to threaten to sue Atlantic to get the album because mm. they paid to make the album. They paid 
over a quarter million dollars to right. make the album, but they just didn't want to spend no money to market it or put it out. Do you think that if they had put it out that it would have been commercially successful at that time? For what I wanted to do, it would have gave me, it would have been my Illmatic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Illmatic didn't do crazy numbers. It would have been my foundation. The thing was, they wanted to hit a home run out the gate. Mm. And I'm like, why am I not allowed to build a career like most artists? You know what I'm saying? Like, How, how does that sit with you when you think about that, that image? Like, you were, you were taken aback by it at that time, but it's a bunch of white people basically telling you that you need to spread a terrible message to, to your community. To my community, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, glorify killing your own people. Glorify selling drugs. It's almost like telling a motherfucker who has AIDS or HIV to go out there and, and promote unsafe sex right it don't make sense and that's what i said i said yo do you know what that lifestyle did to my life like if i wasn't smart enough to figure shit out mm. and say i can't live like this i'd have been a recidivist i'd have been coming in and out of prison like all my uncles and all the people i you know what i'm saying all my family members who's in and out of jail since they teenagers and now they in their 50s they can't get no job they don't even know how to function in the real world mm. they don't know how to function and they're so institutionalized they don't know how to function with one one thing prison gives people is food, clothing, and shelter. The, the three hardest thing it, it takes for a grown man to do while he's free in the street is the, the biggest responsibility is food, clothing, and shelter. Right. When and you, you go to if jail, you don't have a safety net, then those can be pretty hard to pull up. Exactly. Especially somewhere like New York. Exactly, where where it costs so much to live. The cost of living is so high. How long do you think somebody gonna let you crash on the couch? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's it, if you're lucky enough to have somebody to lay sleep on the couch. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Grandma died years ago. Like, grandma's the only one. I love you, baby. I'm going to take you in regardless. Mm. Once grandma goes, you're fucked. A lot of people that you see homeless in downtown L.A. and shit, that's pretty much... They're people that could have had normal lives, but then at some point they just sort of ran out of people to rely on. Right. And that's the main You're dividing right. thing between You're a street right. person and a regular and, person. And, and it's easy to it's easy to get a habit because what drugs mm -hmm. do, drugs help you escape reality. Right. That's why a lot of people turn to drugs because when you're drunk and you're high and you're that you don't think about your problems so much. No. You don't think about your reality. So the second you sober up and you realize how fucked up your life is, you're like, oh shit, it's time to get high again. Right. Because when I'm high, I'm in a euphoric state. I'm not here. And that's why drugs are so, you know, people rely on drugs. And then you, next thing you know, you, you, you become dependent on it. And, I, and that's why I was like, man, I have a responsibility. A lot of artists don't, they want to run from that responsibility. Mm. And they go, fuck it, I, I got money. I'm getting money. I don't give a fuck about my responsibility if I'm getting money. I'm just, I, I can't, I, 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 I'm, I don't know. I, I, that, I got a soul. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got to so I got to sleep at night. I like looking in the mirror, smiling, loving who I am. There's no voice in the back of my head go, "Yeah, you got a nice big house, but look at all the people who died, and look at the people who you had to kill." Right. It's almost like being a fucking prostitute or a right. porn star. Like if I was a porn star, and even if I made it money, I'd still be like, "I sucked a lot." <laughs> There's a, hey. lot <laughs> a lot of jizz. A lot of jizz went into this house. <laughs> like there has to be some point where you got to feel some some kind of guilt or something unless you just an empty soul bro i feel you you know because i'm about to pop out a kid right now yeah and, and you're having a girl that's right. why i asked you i said i said what you have you know what you having yeah and you said yeah baby girl and and when i got two girls man that shit changed my life like it, it changed the way i deal with women all together mm, right like i'm saying like it, it do it do deals the way i look at women in a whole nother way because sometimes i meet a girl and i could almost tell when their father wasn't in their life, mm. like right away, or or even if they was in their life, some some uh, being in your daughter's life don't just mean, I mean, doesn't mean 
you you were you were there or weren't there. It's interact. I know guys who live girls who live with their dad. They just don't have no relationship with them. Right. And nigga goes to work and come home. <laughs> There's no dynamic. I got friends like that. They don't even. They're not even affectionate with their little girl. It's like, how you doing? Go right. go go, no man. Go about my business. Hey, how you doing? Go about their business. And 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 that's why I was like, shit. That's why a lot of these girls grow up with daddy issues. A lot of them go to any man that tells them they're pretty mm. or a man with a nice car and go, if you can get a girl because you got a nice car, then a nigga with a nicer car can come take the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, see, you got his shit nicer than yours. <laughs> she gone, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, 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 it's, a, it's a duty, man. Congratulations, though. Bro. I appreciate it. But once, once, like, you know, now that I have this kid thing floating around in my head, it's like I listen to a lot of rap lyrics and feel like I would have a hard time justifying or explaining and, and contextualizing them to a kid when some of them are just so like brazenly anti-woman and there's like almost no way that you could paint yeah. a version of certain lyrics yeah. that would not be like horrifically yeah. like j just the number one things that's that like you would WAP. not that's want a girl to believe song. about herself. That's the WAP song. Like my, oh, my, my, daughter, my daughter's mother is driving around with and she goes, it's the clean version. I said, so what do you, how do you explain when she goes, mommy, what's wet and gushy? How do you explain that to her? Right. Like, all right, for this wet and good. Like, kids are smart. Like, don't, my daughter's eight years old. Like, she's not a fool. Like, she's going to, she, she's, she understands. That's why I said just keep it. And you know what? It's urban until it gets so big where it's making so much money. They go, fuck it. It crossed over. And, you know, it, it crossed over to mainstream. And now you hear it on fucking K-pop station or Z100 because <laughs> the shit is just so, it's like wildfire. Right. But the difference is, is like, and where we come from, we're more. This is, this is a stigma and rap with being real. Like this is real. You right. know what I'm saying? Like we're not allowed to say, I'm not really a gangster. I'm was never really a drug dealer. This is just we gotta be like I keep it real. That's the shit with rap. Uh -huh. I'm real. This is my. This is I'm a real nigga. This is real, real. So you can't tell a motherfucker in one sense is real and then another sense it's not real. Right. You can't. It's like, that's a that's a fucking contradiction. But nah, when you look at the WAP song, like, you know... I hate that fucking song, bro. Okay, but, like, you know, we want to And when to girls be singing, they be like, there's some whores in this house. I'm like, they talking about you, bitch. But you don't You're think the that, whore that's in this house. You don't think that, like... <laughs> don't you think that women should be, you know, able to... Like, we, we all love Foxy Brown. We all love Lil' Kim. It's basically women singing about their own sexuality. Yeah, Do you don't think there's a place for that? It is. But maybe right, it shouldn't right, right be next so to, readily right next available to, the porno, to Right next to the porno. Right next to the sex shop. Exactly. <laughs> it should not be marketed to, to, little, kids, mm. to little girls. That's, that's my whole argument with it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to do that, but don't market that shit to children. Right. The same way they with, with cigarettes. When they used to have put Superman mm. on a marble and they're like, you can't do that. The camel man had to go. Right. Oh, because it's a cartoon. They mm -hmm. go, you don't fucking show a cartoon to somebody when you're marketing can't cigarettes. Right. So all that shit, Superman used to be on a marble trucks they had to dead all of that right because the people people raised hell about it this is the same way we need to be raising hell about these little girls who are being being introduced to this adult content this shit is adult content well there's a lot of like messages that are being spread to kids that you might not even really think about like i have a friend who's got like a four-year-old daughter and she spends a lot of time looking at tiktok and she that's said she, she said to him at one point she goes i want to go on tiktok and watch the girls with the big booties that shit is crazy and he was just like he confided about me about yeah. this like how the fuck am I, I supposed had, to feel he got into it with his I baby to, mama about it Crazy. i had to show somebody some i say yo go to go to Inst go to your instagram right now or, or go to your phone or, or your uh 
what do you what do you call it? The uh, the, the Google Play or your App Store. Mm-hmm. When you download Instagram, it's rated T for teen. Okay. It has a rating. So this shit was invented for chill for kids. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's teens. So when you go and look on Instagram right now, it's a bunch of ass clapping. It's a bunch of shit that you look at this shit and go, this ain't for teens. Right. This should be rated mature. This is mature shit. So it should be it should be marketed as this is not for kids. You should be able to be 21 or older to even be on this shit because all the shit that's on there. I told my daughter, delete that TikTok shit. Delete that Instagram shit. I don't care. Yo, it's all the kids are doing it. Not you. Yeah. Not you, Jack. I feel like my kid would have to be at least... In their teens For me to even think about them Having social media Because I don't want them to think I just don't want them to Have their worldview So shaped by everybody else's uh, Opinion of them and shit You know Exactly And these girls are thinking They're putting on these eyelashes That fucking stick out to here (laughs) Yeah These younger fucking Snuffleupagus When the fuck did that happen Looking like Snuffleupagus Motherfuckers be like this Yeah I'm like what And it's a thing And they pumping their lips up with shit And they all look (laughs) the same And I go "Do, Do they not realize And it's it's a mindfuck. It's almost like a girl is bulimic mm-hmm. and thinks she's fat when she's not, and yeah. she's eating and throwing up, and she because it becomes a, a sickness. Mm-hmm. And that's what's ha- that's what social media is doing. We have yet to see the after long term effect of social media. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start to see it in about ten years. It, 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 we're starting to see it now, like you said, with these young girls who are looking at themselves like my my value is in how I look, mm-hmm. not what's in here. Not how smart I am. Right. Nobody brags about being smart on fucking Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. They brag about how, like you said, how big the ass is. If or, your kids' or sole like way that they judge themselves is shaped by the explore page, then you it's know how are you going to convince your kid that it's important to go to college or Facts. learn to play an instrument Facts. or or do anything that Facts. doesn't immediately provide you with this huge rush of now, people commenting and giving you their thoughts I, on I, it? I made this thing, man. I, I don't. I made this thing, uh, this song on my last album called Promise Ring with me and my daughter. And I, we just shot the video. I sent you a copy of the video. I don't know if you got a chance to check no, it. That was fire, yeah. But, but it's me, but it's, it's more than a song. What it is is actually her giving me, a, making me a promise. I gave her a little ring. And I want every father, even you, when you have when your daughter's eight years old or around that age, I want you to give her a, a promise ring and make her promise you that she's gonna you know, hold herself to a certain standard as a woman, as a female, because with all this shit, the way it's coming, like I said, the 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 music they did out there, the way they represented, the the booty, like I'm I'm all ass. This is my ass is more important than my brain. Mm. This is the shit that's being so. With it, I want every father to see this video and go, damn, yo, I gotta play a bigger role in my kid's life because look what I'm up against. Mm. I'm up against society. I know you can't childproof the world, but I'm up against. Only fans. Oh my gosh, she made how much for doing what? <laughs> Sticking cucumbers in her butt? <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Who needs to fucking go to college? Right. All I gotta do is suck a cucumber and put it on OnlyFans, and I can make sixty thousand dollars a month. But with the like the the way that social media is just Shit everything is crazy. now, it's it crazy, feels like bro. there's there's no divide between like adult content there's and just none. regular it's old content. The line has been so mankind. There's it's nobody fu- in charge of it. It's anymore. fucking up mankind. It's a free right. fall. It's that's why. We like I said, you can't. You don't want to be that fucking asshole dad either. Right. So you want to just teach them and let them understand and go. Look, you, your value is not in your sexuality. 
your value is in your brain and your and how smart you are and what, what and, and you know how you represent yourself. That's where your value comes in at because nobody is teaching it. We grew up in a different era. Mm. We grew up if a girl was a stripper, she didn't want you to know. She kept that <laughs> shit a secret. Like right. that was top fucking secret. Like don't ever tell nobody you see me in here. Now it's kind of like. Oh yeah, represent. Your Yo, Instagram I, is an advertisement for, for your stripping career. Exactly yeah. the shit. The, and and so, what do we do when 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 what we're up against this? What do we do? Do we just sit there and, and go with the flow, or do we be somebody who tries to change the dynamic? Especially when you have a voice. Mm. Especially when you got even if you got a small fan base, you never know, man. That little you might spark something in somebody that changes the outlook of people. But if you're gonna sit there and say fuck it. I, everybody else is doing it. I'm gonna go with the flow, but it's it's it's, po it's pointless. The thing that's happening to women in that regard right now, where they're sort of like having this message spread to them through music, is very much identical to the thing that happens to young boys, where they listen to rap music and they get that thing yeah. built into their head of you have to be tough, you have to be braggadocious, uh, you have to move around in a way that maybe isn't you know terribly well thought out for the long term. Same shit. That that's that's the point. Mm. I'm, I, I I've been that kid. I've been that kid. I've, I've, and, and the beauty of hip hop, like I said, I, I was in it before the gangster shit, is when like the the, the big word rappers was out, mm. like the rappers who's extra smart. I went and wanted to I wanted to learn those words. So I go pick up a dictionary and go, damn, what does he mean? What is what is a metaphor? What does psychological mean? What is this? What is so I was actually learning from the shit. It was mm. teaching me how to read, how to reading comprehension. There was, there was, it was it had value in it. It had value actually, and it's like we just stripped it of all of that and made it a fashion show. Made it about you know, who got the most money, who fucked the most girls, who got the most point meaningless fucking jewelry, it, and it became it became something that was so so beautiful and powerful, and it's like been. And, and now it's like okay, let's let's strip let's strip this fucking music of this culture of all its power, and just say throw it out there and make it a free for all. And you and now we watching all these kids overdose on drugs. How mm. I could when when I grew up, kid, rappers wasn't overdosing on fucking drugs. I can name like ten rappers that overdosed, bro, mm. on fucking drugs. I can name like ten rappers that overdosed and, and another ten that. Got the little pen before he, you know what I'm saying? Before he, before he kicked it. I listen to rap records from the '90s and be like, like Three Six Mafia, like listening to it as an adult. I'm like, they were talking about doing coke, yeah. But I didn't know at that time. There's yeah. other rappers as well. I had the same experience yeah. where it was much more coded, and you, were, you didn't really know that they were yeah. talking about partying to such an extreme. But you think about Melly Mel, he was talking about coke too on White Lines, but he was talking about the danger of it, right? He was talking about how this shit is gonna destroy your life. You right. know what I mean? But you you were doing that too, like you, you where you would have like during your mixtape run like hard ass yeah. gangster songs, but, but then you'd also you, yeah, be this, you're gonna be fucked if you take right. this route. Yeah, that's you what would I was, slip it in there for sure. So I it was always, like there were signs that always. you were trying to you know always. better yourself and have a certain oh, message just, early it, on. It's just it's just that I I I was in the middle of it. I was grown. I was in the penitentiaries because I started getting locked up when I'm 12 years old, 13 years old. Right. I started going. So I'm growing. I'm I'm around a bunch of other fucking kids like me, hooligans, kids who this shit was fun to us to be cutting and stabbing each other and doing shit like that. This shit became like a normal thing right. until I realized this shit is not normal. This shit is this we're fuck we're dysfunctional. It, and it took me to really be around some normal kids to be like, damn. It's not a problem if you look at me like, 
fuck you looking at, man? Like, damn, bro, like, nice shirt, bro. Fuck, like, chill out. Like, <laughs> right. relax. I like your shirt. The fuck you looking at, yo? You got a problem? Like, that's that's the when we develop these mentalities that are not normal. And instead, of, there's no elder statesman and there's no leadership in hip hop. There's mm. nobody saying, hey, that's not the way, young blood. That's not the the older people we got in our fucking generation are fucking old niggas trying to hold on to their youth and trying not to grow old gracefully. Like, bro, it's okay to get older, my nigga. It's okay to grow up and and, and, and evolve and become a man and start to hold your, hold hold yourself accountable. Motherfuckers be forty years old. I'm in my forties. If I'm rapping about the same shit I'm rapping about when I'm twenty, something's wrong. Right. I didn't grow. The pill thing is really the, fucking sinister because pill when, shit when is you, crazy, you have guys who are like rapping about doing drugs that they're not actually doing because they think it sounds cool on a record or maybe it's something that they used to do or even if they do do it. I mean, either way, you have to be a total fucking idiot. If I got as a coke ha- if I got a habit and I know I'm sick because a, a fucking addiction is a disease. The last thing I'm going to do is have an audience and be making it seem fucking cool. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Guess what? I'm a drunk who gets up, go home and throws up in the fucking, wake up over the toilet, fucked up. And and, 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 and hip-hop, for some reason, it, it's become a cool thing. Yeah. Like, I drink five. I, I, I'm an alcoholic. And, you know, it, and it's it's like we glorify our own destruction. And this shit does not make any sense. Right. But it sells. So motherfuckers is like, it sells. Like, I own a website, right, called Hip Hop My Way. This is how I know. This is when I knew there was a dis- disparaging shit with with sex and violence. I'm trying. I looked at there's there's a there's a website called SimilarWeb.com. A lot of people don't know about this, and um, it's, you heard it first here. You could see the traffic that any website in the world gets. Mm. SimilarWeb.com. It would tell you the traffic from and you put in any website. It tells you their monthly how much how much traffic they get. When I put in XNXX <laughs> or Pornhub <laughs> and that shit, right. motherfuckers get billions of hits a yeah. month. Now you think of a, a, think of a big world a, a, like World Star. World right. Star's sort of big, like in the urban world. That's like the biggest, right? 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 In the past couple years, World Star might get forty million uniques. Right. Pornhub gets about five billion or some shit. Right. Sex sells. Yeah. It, it's just it, it is what it is, and it's something that's so natural and it's amazing because you're like, sex is as natural as fucking eating. Mm-hmm. We 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 have sex to procreate as human beings, but somebody was able to put a twist on it and make it taboo to where people want to watch other people fucking all mm-hmm. day. Know what I'm saying? Like that's like in the New York. She said, "Hey, uh, 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 uh." She said, "Hey, that's me." No, just but we gotta search her on that. <laughs> so then you go to fucking uh, uh, like like now you look at YouTube, and you got these YouTubers where people sit there and watch kids open gifts, mm. and they get millions and millions of fucking hits. You've had to watch oh. some of this with your kids, I'm assuming. Oh hell yeah, bro! I'm like, I'm not about to sit here and watch kids open gifts, man. Right. Or or a family just doing normal shit. Yeah. Like they'll sit there and watch that shit for hours and hours and hours. Like I love this family. Right. And I'm like, what's so special? What do they do this this out of the ordinary? You're like, no, I just like them. The kids are cute and but and I go, damn, we live in a different time. Right. This time is we live in a different time and. I, I can't call it. It's to the point. I I, I consider myself. Nah, I'm not a, a, a remotely intelligent guy, and I can't put my finger on this shit. Right. Well, but it's something about people just wanting to observe a nice, 
normal family like that that maybe is better the looking than the average hours family and hours of your life i know because I, I at first when <laughs> i saw hours. the ace family i had no fucking clue how anybody could watch this and my girl kept watching and she's like well you know i like watching the kids and like seeing what the kids do and then once in a while i'll see a thumbnail that kind of like oh fuck i want to see what they did like they got another yeah. kid coming like fuck and then, and then you realize because those are the videos that have millions and millions of views are the yeah. ones about the new baby coming out or yeah. whatever and it's like yeah. i don't know somehow people just sort of get tied into this mentality of wanting to and, and you know i think it's because it? a lot of people have fucked up family lives and stuff so if you so could have like a fucked up family yeah, yeah. which is interesting because during our time we were you know when we were younger men like we, we'd be looking at rappers basically doing superhero shit you know yeah. you listen to a 50 cent album he's telling you about shooting a number of people that he could never possibly shoot and get away yeah. with it yeah. talking about selling 50 kilos yeah, all this shit yeah. like that's superhero shit now people want to see stuff that's very we're relatable and easy normal. for them to imagine like this is my family life but but with a couple hundred thousand dollars extra a year income so that they can afford nice things. Copy. You know? Uh, well, you, you just add, you gave me some insight, but I still I still be like, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't sit there and dedicate this much time no, I feel of my life sure, yeah. to just watch another family. And meanwhile, they're it's lucrative for them. Mm. Because the more eyeballs they get, the more money they make. And you're you're spending we're wasting time and money watching another family. And, and 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 I don't know, man. I but, guess it's kind of like the new TV, like yeah. And like it's when like, you watch the Cosby Show, but that was like a half hour fucking week. But think about TikTok. <laughs> that was like eight TikTok hours. is mostly just good-looking people dancing on their iPhone to like song, like you know, eight seconds of a song that sounds kind of good. And I don't understand TikTok. Very either. confusing. Like what? Like it's like we have access to all this technology. I remember now. Gary V about two, three years ago saying TikTok is gonna be the next. I'm like. You might be off on this one, Gary. You, usually you're right, but I can't see an eight-second dance fucking videos being the thing. Right. I was right. He was right. Yeah. He was like, whoever's not getting in this TikTok shit now, you're gonna be you're gonna be behind. You're gonna fall back. And I'm like, Gary, you're usually smart, man. I usually follow the shit you say. But no way is TikTok gonna be the wave of the future. This shit's for kids. It's a little kid thing. I think kids, kids now rule, lead adults. Mm. It seems like the kids is like the tail wagging the fucking dog. Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, kids. Are, yeah, we follow what kids want to do, and it used to be like we we set the standard, to, and kids wanted to be like us. Now it's like the adults want to be like fucking kids. But it's like there is a, a counter to all those sides, though, because on one hand you could point towards a lot of like TikTok friendly music and stuff, and say, look at this garbage that is just becoming huge. But then also on in the music world, you have somebody like J Cole or Kendrick, who yeah. are like objectively the biggest artists in hip hop, mm -hmm. and they're pretty much some of the artists who you would look at as being like the most true to what hip hop is really about, and that they're actually spreading, you know, positive messages. They're very what, lyrical. What does J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar have in common? That they're so big right now. Oh, that they have largely uh, white fan bases too. I would that, say that's one thing. And they both came through juggernauts. Mm, this is true. One came through Dre. <laughs> one came through Jay Z. Mm. You dig what I'm saying? There's a million Kendricks out there. But they're not gonna have that opportunity to have somebody like Punch who has a bunch of drug money. You know? <laughs> well, allegedly, allegedly, right, right. allegedly, allegedly, street money to to say, okay, let's let's take this kid and, and invest in him. Right. Like I I remember J Cole when he was a fucking intern at Def Jam, trying to give me give me beats, and I'm like, no, thank you. Really? He was a producer, yeah. And he'd stand in front of baseline, and and one day somebody gave him a shot, like. 
they, these guys are like lottery winners. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're lottery winners. And they just happen to have that talent to, to succeed and to really ex- – but there's a lot of J. Coles and Kendricks out there who never going to get that break, who's never going to get that opportunity. And, and, and what the good thing is – and I notice because a lot of them, when I meet these guys, they, they grew up under – they grew up looking up to me because mm-hmm. that's how long I've been in this shit. So – a lot. Then it's just I meet so many talented artists, and I go, damn man! Oh, if you do get a shot, it's almost like Benny, mm. Benny the Butcher. I knew Benny seven, eight years. I told Benny, I said, Benny, if you get in, you're gonna be a problem. Mm. I said they're gonna have you're gonna be a prize. You can ask them to this day. I used to tell Benny all the time. I said, Benny, if you get all it's gonna take is for you to get your foot in the door, and you're gonna be a fucking problem. You're gonna mm. come in and wreck shop. But imagine if. Griselda didn't get that energy because mm. Benny been nice for a long time. He been super good. You know what I mean? He got a chance to like, like lightning is lightning in a bottle. Like, you know what I'm saying? He got an opportunity to where Griselda struck at the right time. Mm. The void is missing. West Side's a genius. He's a marketing fucking genius. And, it, and they're related and it all cultivated, it culminated at the right time. Mm. Like a lot of people don't get that. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't have that. Having corporations like they have that are willing to back them in the long run while they build something that yeah, has, is going to have this yeah. enduring popularity, yeah. I mean, that's definitely but, an but underrated effect. West Side's a, he, he, he's a, he's a genius. The, all those guys are geniuses. Even Benny. Benny's so, so much of a genius, he built BSF right. while being in Griselda. Mm. So he's like, I'm looking long term. These, I'm, I'm, these young rappers these days, you can't convince them to just be part of a crew. Yeah, they want their own crew, yeah, too. Yeah, he's he's yeah. one of them, for sure. Yeah, he's smart. He's like, you know what? I, he already got a fucking label deal already right. before, before his debut album came out. Because mm-hmm. he, he's, he's a smart kid. Because there's a Very new smart. thing that you can do as an artist where instead of like really focusing on just having a hit or a giant song, you could really focus Merch. on building your, this your impeccable brand. long-term brand. brand, which is what Griselda's yeah. doing. But there's been times, I'm not even going to mention specific examples, but then there's been little things that might have happened with specific people in Griselda where I started to realize like, yo, they're vulnerable if they do something whack it's gonna have a huge impact on the brand it's the fact that you've Mm. never seen them do anything whack that makes the brand so strong so it's even more pressure on them if they do if they do some corny shit yeah that could fuck the whole thing up it's just that they haven't done that they i don't i don't see it happening sometimes so yeah yeah, they 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 quality they 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 really and they 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 just have to stay full quality and never make that crossover to doing some bullshit because if they do that it ruins everything it does it does you gotta stand with epmd Made the song crossover. It, it used to be a bad look at look how much shit we gave MC Hammer for just right. for being big. Now everybody wants to be Hammer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We gave Hammer you the gas face. You, you trash. You Hammer now that I know so much more about him was like more street certified it was a gangster, than almost yeah. anyone. Yeah, of his he was era. a straight yeah. G. He was a straight gang from Oakland stepping to his business. Well, like everybody mm-hmm. who dissed him, when they met face to face, Hammer was like, yo, what's up? You yeah. have something to say? And it was the fact that he he got so big and we became oh, he went commercial. Mm-hmm. He went commercial. Now that's like the goal in hip hop. Right. I want. I gotta go commercial. I got a EPMD had a song called Crossover, mm-hmm. called, about not crossing over. Now that's the goal. The goal is to cross over. And you're right. If, if they stick to what they're doing, they, they they they'll be golden. They they can rock out for forever. Look at that's what happened when Wu Tang got so big. <laughs> it's just like so big, and it's like 
Then they start doing a with the dino with the video right. with the fucking Barney Rubble uh. and shit. That's exactly what you're talking about. And that's what that was the first blow to the Wu Tang where the shit said, uh oh, exactly what you just said. If they do some corny shit, right. it's, it's gonna hurt. My friend Jeff Weiss just wrote this amazing article about uh, Vanilla Ice and mm-hmm. talked about how, you know, before he became mega famous, he was like pretty much the most respected white boy rapping in Dallas. Like he had really or. carved out his niche for himself as like a fire rapper, cool ass dude. Everybody fucked with him. He comes out, blows the fuck up. They make fun yeah. of him on the Saturday Night Live sketch yeah. and like a couple other things. Yeah. And he became a punchline so fucking fast. Yeah. And then you compare that to somebody like Eminem. Eminem comes in with the Drake co-sign. By that point, they had kind of realized that if you're going to take like, and that's eight years between but Vanilla M- Ice and M- Eminem. M-, M was such a genius. He came in kind of clownish. So mm. he came in with the high. My name himself, is making yeah. fun of himself. So it was like. Bro, uh, and then he let us know how great he was lyrically. Because right. like, my name is was cool lyrically, but it was just so different. But the whole thing is that when he's standing next to Dre, yeah, th- then any risk of you being a joke is just yeah. kind of mitigated. Like how, like, because then Dre has to be a joke, and Facts. nobody's willing to make that leap, especially at that time. Yeah, no yeah. way, no how. Dre was Dre was everything. Yeah. Dre still is. Dre is Dre. But but a lot I love I love hip hop I love the culture It's just like you said it's become a free fall but there's a lot a lot of young talented guys like like Corday Corday's mm. Corday is hot like I like Corday I like a lot of these young guys and even even what's going on with the New York young movement with the only thing I don't like is they trying to be like the Chicago artists mm. and with the drill shit but them motherfuckers when they mean drill they mean drill like when I see you motherfucker I'm gonna kill you. Mm. Like them Chicago, that's why they dying at that at that rate. And so many of those Brooklyn rappers got killed over the past yeah, couple of years. Yeah, over the past because they're trying to emulate in Chicago. This right. is because we don't have an identity anymore. Mm. We don't. Our, our closest thing to our identity is is Griselda, and they from Buffalo. They from six hours away from New York City. Right. They from Buffalo. They closer to Detroit than they are to New York City. But kids see how it happens. They they kids realize like All oh them, like that drill shit. Like you could be a kind of whatever ass rapper, but you take on that sound. You have guns and lean in your videos and. That's yeah, like that's and, gonna and do all a lot that. of you the gotta, work for you. You gotta live it. You gotta yeah. be willing to, to. When I see you, I gotta kill you, or you gotta kill me. Yep. I don't want to be a part of no shit where I gotta die over this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying no, thank you. I've seen some of those drill type rappers get beat up one time, and it's like the end of the career. Oh yeah, you just done. can't really you go anywhere punt, from yeah, there. Yeah, you're done. That's nobody wants to hear no tough shit after that. Yeah, when you build no, your whole brand on being the toughest yeah, guy in the room. Facts, you're done. Even even like when when they shot at Chief Keef, it's like oh Chief Keef got shot at. He didn't kill nobody. Next, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't kill 10, 20 people, like. But but the, it, it's so much. It's so much we could do. Like even even when we use hip hop, like when Puffy was doing the vote or die shit, and he goes, "Oh, let's let's rallies get the hip hop." Even politicians are doing it. Right. You see, Bernie Sanders had Cardi B in every fucking uh, <laughs> interview. Yo, Cardi, tell them why they should vote for me. Like you, you see it now. Even Trump just went and said, "Yo, I've been I'm in mad rap songs." He right. just said that shit. Black community love me. Listen to the rap music. Yeah. So it shit pushes fashion. Think about. Hip hop has been one big ass commercial for Mercedes Benz's man <laughs> and Louis Vuitton. Think about how many motherfuckers. Think about the cars they wouldn't have sold mm. if rappers didn't rap about pushing the Benz and make it seem like I went to Germany and fucking Benz's was cabs and shit. I was like, damn, I was willing to die for a cab. <laughs> Fuck every yeah, every car was a Benz, every yeah. single car, and I'm like, we got it fucked up. 
and, and I mean like literally the cab you wave was an S the when you hey, it's an S class Mercedes. Right. And we're over here giving this shit so much value. We're giving it value. And I'm like, I was talking to um homegirl today. I said, yo, do you think if any of these kids who would die for a Louis Belt even knows what Louis Vuitton looks like? Right. She's like, I don't even know what he looks like. And there's girls that will want a bag. They'll go strip for a bag for, mm. for a guy's initials on a bag. And they wouldn't even know. They don't even. If I showed a picture of them and go, who is this? They'd be like, I don't know. Right. But you'll go shake your ass to get a bag because his logo, his initials are on it. And you don't even know what he looks like. The fetishization of like designer <laughs> shit and jewelry and whatnot. It's that's one hip-hop. thing that. Hip hop did that. Oh, yeah. But it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that it persists when there's so much information think out there it. that could tell you think that about this how, is not the best way to spend your money. Think about all the money Timbaland made. Right. Hennessy. Like, oh, yeah. Hip hop is a big advertisement. That's mm. why Jay Z got so smart. He's like, fuck that. I'm not gonna be rapping about all this shit. I'm gonna create my own and then rap about that. Right. If you if every Jay-Z verse you hear from the past 10 years, he's gonna say Duce in it. He's gonna say Ace of Spade in it. He's gonna say title. Mm-hmm. He's gonna say some shit that he owns because he realized the, the power of his words because he say, Oh, go go wear this. Go wear a throwback jersey. Mitchell Liness sells out. Go do this. That shit sells out. Like this, this the, the power of this culture is sell has been. As far as, far as commerce goes, Benz, Hennessy, Cognac, fucking Timberlands, you name it, all of those companies have probably, I couldn't even fathom to put in the, the how much fucking money that we pumped into the, them companies, bro. When you look and at, none of it into our community. When you look at Rock Nation, what do you think of the moves that Jay's made with that? Because that seems like kind of the biggest example of a rapper taking his really taking control of his culture in a lot of ways. Jay Z is Jay Z. I love Jay Z, man. And I'm 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 one of the only artists who wasn't signed to Rock Nation or Jay Z to have him on my debut album. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying it, of course it had a lot to do with just, the Just Blaze connection. But it was more boring. when we met, we had like a little bit of a connection. And Jay said it in one of his songs. He said, um, rap's my new hustle. I'm treating it like the corner. Fuck with me if you want to. When he says that, when, when, when Jay whole thing was, I'm the boss, man. These niggas is my workers in the streets. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the plug. Niggas work for me. And, and if you sign a Rock Nation, you work for Jay. Right. He's treating this shit like the street, but he's doing it in a corporate way. If you manage by, if you sign a Rock Nation, if you manage by them, if you they got anything to do with your career, you work for Jay Z, right. and that's who he he told us that's who he was when he came in the game. Yeah, and he's and he's living it up. He's living up to it. That is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, bro. You, know? you work for Hove. Like you gotta look at it and go. And it was guys who at one point thought they was competing with him. Right. Know what I'm saying? It was there was guys at one point. Oh, I'm nicer than this nigga. You might have been. You, well, that was your opinion. I, I, I doubt. I doubt you feel like that now. Right? How do you feel about? Because uh, that's one crazy thing. Nas put out his album a couple months ago, and Jay dropped a song for the first time in <laughs> however long I, I on think, the same I, day. Like, what, I, how I is think, there nah, still a thing there? I don't think. I think that people be just adding fuel to that. But it was. It was the same day that a, he put it out. It's kind of ordinary. Because it's happened a lot. Yeah. But, but I, I don't think. Jay really sits there and go, I'm going to just try to dim his light. Because, you know, 
Who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? If <laughs> that is how I, he's thinking about it, that's crazy to me. That's because crazy. Is that's anyone, that Michael Jordan shit. I don't feel like anybody's you see really how, like... Did you watch the Michael Jordan oh, documentary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he make up shit in his head that didn't really happen? Right. Like the guy with a good game. He's like, what? So he'd have a yeah, reason to, go, to play hard. Yeah, yeah, reason to go harder. Some people just got that competitive... Spirit, yeah. no matter what, like we could be friends. I just feel like those are the guys that excel. Those are the Floyd Mayweathers of the world. Right. Those are the Michael Jordans. The guys just win. They, oh, they just got this thing that a lot of us don't have in them. It's the, and it's a competitive spirit. It's not even a negative thing. It's actually a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Unless you let it get to that point. But it's a thing where you just like, I gotta win. I gotta win by by any means. And and you know, I, I don't I don't knock it. I think the Nas and Jay shit is a little bit far fetched. I don't think Jay sits there and calculates when because you know as far as i know they're friends and they cool and you know now you know you up here now bro right ain't no need to keep ain't no need to fuck with Nas at this point right. you know what I'm saying? like yeah. not on that level that's you know, what i would think too but it just seems like it's a weird or it's competitive thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's hip-hop too like hip-hop is and, and you know he got one up on you still because right. ethan still so who knows he still might be like fuck that i never <laughs> i never really all the way got over that shit <laughs> that's hilarious you never know you yeah. never know man oh, i can see it um Okay, what else do we have here to talk about? Shit. Um, oh, yeah, okay, so you've watched your, your former mortal enemy, Joe Budden, do mm-hmm. the transition from rapper to podcaster and whatnot. Uh-huh. Does that appeal to you at all? Like, how did, did you guys ever really come to a formal resolution there? Or? Yeah, like okay. the thing with Joe Budden, man, Joey, Joey has had, he just wants rap beat. He loves to rap. He's I was like, listening to you guys dissing each other. That yeah, shit was great. Yeah, man. it was it fun. really brought me back. And the thing was, I still had that street mentality. So when he started throwing my name, he was just baiting me. Mm. So I'm, I'm like, yo, when I see this guy, I'm, I'm approach him on some street shit. And then he hit me and was like, yo, what you scared to battle? Like I, I'm not a street dude. Like he, he admitted it. Like I don't, I don't want no street beef. Right. But what you scared? Why, why I gotta be some street shit? You're a rapper, right? You scared? You scared to battle me? Like on some rap shit? Mm. That made me be like, oh, he thinks I'm scared of him? Mm. And that made, so he actually outsmarted me into battling him. I didn't even want to do that shit. Like, oh, that, I'm like, that's okay. not my lane. Leave me alone, you know what I mean? And he, he was like, oh, if you scared, man, just say you scared. It's all right. I'm like, what? What you right. trying to say? <laughs> I'm not scared. Like, and, and so that's how we end up going with the back and forth shit. Because even right after the battle, like, we would call, I would call him or he would call me. And be like, you know, there's, there's no way this could end good, right? Like, I'm about to come with some crap. I'm like, yo, joke, stop, man. I don't want to keep doing this shit. But you got to think, he's beef with G-Unit. He's mm-hmm. beef with Drake. He even tried to bait Drake. Drake just wouldn't answer him. Like, he's Jay-Z. You, you name it. If he thinks, if he respects you as a lyricist, he's going to try you. Right. And, and I like that competitiveness in him. But it never got so personal with nah. you and him. But oh, yes, I mean, it did. He, did. he son, said stuff about girls His son and just shit. came out and said, yo... Saigon called me right. a faggot. I was just thinking about that too. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so that shit, that, yes. that shit went deep. Like yeah. he, this kid was like nine years old when that shit came. It was out. making me laugh because when I first heard those diss songs, I didn't know the names of Joe's kids. Now yeah, I know his Trey, kids' names yes. from watching the podcast. The whole and then world when I heard you say it, it made me yeah. laugh so much yeah. harder. Yeah, I was saying, Trey, you little faggot. Like, and then he's like, I grew up and I was googling, mm. and then. I hear some guy called me a faggot. So that made me. So his whole thing was like, I'm going to avenge my dad type shit. This is like a karate movie type shit to where he's like, when I grow up, I'm going to write some shit for this guy. And that's what what sparked his rap career. Mm. 
So something good came out of it. That's crazy. Yeah. Was there anything that he said that like really stood out to you yeah. as like particularly yeah. offensive yeah. that really Absol- like got to you? Absolutely, my 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 my, son, my daughter's mother dated Game before me, and I didn't even know it until oh. his rap came out. Wow. He said Game's old bitch. That I'm like Game's old bitch. I called him. I'm like yo, you used to fuck with Game. She like. That was a long time ago. I'm like, I got songs with this guy. Like, I'm doing songs with this nigga. I'm like, yo, why wouldn't you tell me this shit? Like, you got me out here naked. I'm exposed. And she was like, I didn't see nothing. It was a long time ago. And I said, yo. And I'm like, how the fuck did he know this? That's crazy because Game did that to Joe recently, too. Well, not super recently. It was a year or two ago. But when Joe was so with... Sin Santana. You know, it's funny. I did that to, to I did that with Tahiri because nobody know that was Fab's chick first. Right. So I you thought, were the one who brought that to yeah, life. Yeah, oh, I thought I was God. up one. I was like, Fab, you got Fab's old bitch. You like nigga, that's Game's old bitch. That. Right. I said holy, and I called her, and I was waiting for her to go. I never even met that guy. <laughs> that's what I. That's the reply I wanted. Right. It just rhymes because he said, "You speak Tahiri, I'ma speak Austin." That's her name. The one that a blah blah right. blah. He said some disrespectful shit. I don't even repeat it because she, you know, she she's married and now all that now. But, right. So it's like that shit just fucked me up. I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me that? You know, I'm engaged. You're paying attention to what's going on. Yeah. You pay attention. Why wouldn't you come pull me to the side like, yo, I'm put you on some shit like. You know, I used to fuck with JC on back in the day. I used to fuck with game. Right. So, you know, so if you were say to get it first. in a relationship, you would want the girl to, confi- to yeah. confess every lit dude that Yo, you might know. Yeah, I do she- that with girls now. Mm. Once I see I'm like, especially if she's in a circle, I'd be like, did you fuck any rappers, man? Let me know off yeah. the rip. No, I used like, to ask girls that like straight up. Yeah, like, let me DJs, anyone lit, producers. Anyone like, you think I <laughs> might know, just let me know right now because yeah. I don't want to find yeah, out in I six wanna, months. Exactly. Yeah. I, and I do that. And then that's the reason I go even harder with it now. I'm like, yo, just tell me who. Or were you? Oh, were him too? Oh, oh no. Lie detector test. Yeah, I can, him too. Oh, that, uh, that we're nigga's run the DJ. The billboard uh, like, here. You did a co- you did a manager, a manager. <laughs> the merch guy, yeah, the merch ah. dude. Yeah, you know the dude who does merch for. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, security so, guard. Ah, what the. Fuck? So I love, but back to your initial question though. But I love what Joe Button is doing, man. Like that shit is inspirational, bro. Mm. Joe's smart. He's a very, very smart guy. He's an asshole, but he's smart. Right. He's smart. One of those guys in school, you just want to give him a wedgie and shit. But he's a fucking smart kid, bro. Right. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a nerd, bro. A lot the, of these he, rappers are nerds. He bro. saw the podcast revolution coming kind of early because sometimes I think about the fact that like for me, interviewing rappers early on, it just wasn't that, that many other people on YouTube early. doing he's it. Seen the internet early, but now it's like every rapper has become an yeah. interviewer who interviews other rappers. Yeah. A lot of whom they're just like friends with, peers Facts. with, etc. Like right. you know, he's seen the internet early, J- Joey. Knew yeah. the internet was gonna be the thing. Years ahead of, they used to call me and him internet rappers. Like yo, mm. all right? Because I learned from him. I'm not even gonna hold you. He used to go in them forums and talk to his fans all fucking day. And, and you fucking, said he was getting punchlines from him. Yeah, he was, bro. He was sucker ass thing, and some good ones too. Some good ones. Yeah, he, I can't he went, that. yo, he went in. A, he look how good of a line this is, Joey. You didn't make this line up, and I know this for a fact. Because everybody know I've been to jail. He went in a tight end and came out a wide receiver. Uh, I'm glad you said I'm it like, so I didn't have to. Yeah. I'm like, that's genius. I, when I thought he came up with that shit, I was like, but it's these little fucking nerds who just sitting mm. there go, say this. 
He went in a tight end, came out a wide receiver. I was like, that's. And it's so funny because a good rap lyric like that, it's like nobody even gives a fuck if there's any truth to it. I mean, he's yeah, making a pretty just, bold yeah, a statement fucking, yeah, right there. Oh, nobody, no, I, nobody was questioning. No, he like, said, Saigon, real, did you really get raped in prison? Yeah, it was just such clever. It was just yeah. mad clever. I'm like, and then when I found out he, he was in the forums, and, and he used to, he had this thing called Joe Button TV. Yeah. And it was early. This shit was like 2006. And I'm like, what the fuck is a forum? What the fuck is that? And it's just like a chat room with mm. oh, he interacts with his fans, and they love him to this day. Joe Button got like a cult following. Mm. Boys, like the the mood musics or whatever the fuck. I never heard one mood music CD in my life. I used to listen to it, but but yeah. there's guys who swear up and down. Like I heard a few songs, like mm. like making a murder, like certain songs I went and listened to because he's he's a phenomenal artist, bro. He's I, I'm kind I kind of wish he was still rapping because mm. Joey can compete with any in, in, on any genre, any you know. And, and I, I I'm not gonna say I don't like the guy. But I don't particularly like the guy, but right. I'm an honest guy. But He's, there's a lot of people who are a lot worse at talking on camera than you are who have their own podcast and shit. Yeah. Does that stand out to you as something you might want to um, pursue? You know what? I, I, I've Now that I put out a new project and I've done like I did Vlad, I did Queen's Flip, I did uh, Drink Champs. I did like and everybody was like, yo, why you don't fucking you got a lot to say and, and you're articulate and da 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 da. It's just that working on a book and, and mm. being a dad is like, damn, that's, and then running the Hip Hop My Way, which is a website, which is a lot of work. I'm like, I'm not going to do it unless I really have time and the passion. Like, look at this. Look at No Jumper. Like, we, where are you bringing this to? And that's because you're focused and it's obvious. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, this is, like, I've, I remember earlier, earlier No Jumper. It didn't, it was, Back it, of the bike shop. Yeah, it wasn't looking phenomenal. <laughs> like, I'm looking now, like, this shit looks, this is a production at this point. Yeah, it came a long way and, and you put yeah, it like that. Yeah, and, 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 and you, so I can't, I'd rather focus on one or two things than do five. If I had the time and the effort to do it and the energy, I would love to do it because I, I, I just try to find my own lane and do something that everybody's not doing because... You know, you got Gilly. I love Gilly, what mm. Gilly and them's doing. I love, you know, what uh, what uh, Nor. I love what Nori's doing, mm. getting motherfuckers drunk, making them spill the beans. How much do you drink on there? Oh shit! I don't no. know drink anymore. I, so. I don't even know if I want that shit to come out. <laughs> um, I, I mean, sometimes I be like, yo, when is it coming out? They'll be like, do I really want it to come out? Cause I got drunk up there. Like yeah. I got drunk, and you were saying wild ass I was, shit. I was wilding, bro. Mm. Like I said, I had a fight with a lot of rappers, and we friends, so it became to the point where like. We, we're never going to let this get out. It's going to be between us. You know right. what I'm saying? And it came out, a few of them came out on Drink Champs. Wow. Because I was drunk. And I was like, yeah, I fucked this nigga up. they like, you beat up such and such? Yeah, I fucked him up. <laughs> and then, then my man later, like, I like I got drunk drunk to where my man was like, yo, son, you know you, you said everything up there. I said, for real? Oh, man. man. So you were drunk like that? Like, you don't remember? I mean, yeah. I, I, now I remember, but I just, I didn't know that I, I thought I was, you know, being politically correct. Right. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was dancing around shit good when I really wasn't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, there's been a few times. Like, even when you said the thing about Dame, it's like, I was just on Vlad, and he just, like, said something about about Dame, and I wasn't even really thinking about it. I was just basically like, yeah. You know, like, I, yeah. I, I just elaborated on it a little bit. Yeah. Boom, Dame hates me forever for that shit. And in that moment, I wasn't really thinking that those words would be taken so seriously, but, yeah, but and yeah, I wasn't drunk, and so. And that's the thing about the sensitive side of these motherfuckers. Like, come on, man, we're men. Like, first of all, if I got an issue with somebody, I'm going to find a way, especially in this day where you could just 
reach out to somebody and, mm. and they say, yo, fam, like, what was that about? Because com- if you could communicate with somebody, sometimes it'd be something that's not even there. You'd be thinking of something that's not. And the person would be like, yo, my, my bad, fam. I didn't mean it like that. Mm. And you can move forward. But niggas be so sensitive and taking shit the wrong. And, you know, I think sometimes people like being angry and shit. Mm. Like, I don't like to be angry. Like, I'd rather, I'd rather work it out and be like, yo, but da da I've had issues with every DJ in the fucking world, bro. Because you used to pull up on them and I threaten to them and they didn't play Yeah, yo, you better play my shit. Like, if you don't play my shit, we got a problem. Like, asking for my CDs back. Like, you gave me that shit eight months ago. <laughs> yo, <laughs> with my CD, I CD gave you. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Just to start trouble with shit, yeah. And, and, and guys be like, what's wrong with this fucking guy? And then the words start to get around that I was a troublemaker and that shit stifled. It stifled me. Mm. When I could have just been like, man, if you could play it, please, man. If not, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? But it got to the point where even when I start to get a buzz, people was like, I'm not fucking with it. I don't like him. Mm. I love the music. The song's hot, but I don't fuck with him. Right. He's an asshole. He threatened me. It's crazy to think how much that that prodigy fight or the mob deep fight could have affected you because it it just doesn't feel like it would do that. I'm going to tell you how bad it affected me, right? These motherfuckers have a... Once that happened, whoever was a Mob Deep fan didn't like Saigon. So it's like... I lost all that potential fan base. And that's your whole and, audience. Yeah, that's right my there. audience. That's your exact yeah, so audience. Like, yeah. I don't fuck with him because he cause Mob Deep don't like him. And I'm like, damn. Right. I didn't look at it like, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking motherfucking fans take sides. So I'm like, shit. Damn, so I lost a whole Queen's Bridge, whole Queen, or oh, that whole, and they they were big. It ain't like yeah. these are some fucking local guys. These guys were fucking legends. Right. And 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 I lost that shit. It took me years and years and years and years and years to even for people to forget about it. And right. Some people still. I put up a post. Yeah, that's why Mob Deep chased your ass out the club, <laughs> nigga. Prodigy. I'm like, bro, let the man sleep in peace. Number one, number two. That's fucking over. 15 it's almost yeah. 12 13 years ago and they won't let it go yeah and and that's that's where it hurt like you you divide when when, when them guys had cult 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 followings man those guys had those guys were big man that that hurt that hurt me a lot a lot of shit hurt me a lot that's why for me to even still be here is a testament because i i i've been kicked around i've been dumped like nobody's fucking with me to the point where i felt like damn like nobody fuck with me nobody right. <laughs> like nobody at all and there's certain people that just stuck by me and like Vlad's one of them Vlad's one of them people with no one I had, nobody's fucking the, the thing was nobody's fucking with Saigon Vlad that's when Vlad was doing mixtapes this right. was before Vlad TV and all of that I remember Vlad came to me about the idea of doing Vlad TV yeah you know I what I'm saying you saying that on his, yeah, his interview, I remember, yeah. yeah I remember when he came to the idea I'm like yo I think that's a cool idea he was just doing fucking mixtapes like with some DJ that shit that really trips me out too because I wish that I had understood that early on that just the video content like mm-hmm. like people talk shit about Vlad but Vlad to me like I take what I do way more serious because of conversation I've, I've had with Vlad yeah. because he's done interviews that 10 they years removed only do it because he's white man he's, I don't like he's that he's seen crazy it's like, only because he's white bro he, that, that, yeah. that shit is whack it's corny bro 
But because, don't you think some of the academics gets it crazy and he's, I guess he doesn't do interviews, so it's a little different. dickhead, though. <laughs> why, he's why a you fucking say that? dickhead, bro. He's not a dickhead. Academics is a fucking dickhead. We, we squashed First our all, beef, so He's I one of those guys who's never going to pull. He's like a groundhog, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's going to go in his little hole and talk shit and never, never see him in the street. Never. Yeah. There's so many guys that want to beat up academics, bro. Yeah. And I don't even know this guy. He never said nothing bad about me. Like, But he, it's just when I watch him and he just... He's like one of them guys that like likes to poke people with stick. He's like that guy that gets on your nerve. Like, bro, stop. Like, leave the you know, nah, nah. and he he you know, I guess it's because he dabbles more in the young new generation shit, right. and and that's all all over the place. But they're like, and he gets it because he he kind of deserves it. Like mm. Vlad and academics are two different things. But see, okay, somebody said to me the other day. They said Vlad kind of like Vlad definitely got a lot of heat for the Rick Ross lawsuit. Uh -huh. But could you imagine if academics had done that? What? It's, I don't think academics would still have a career if he had sued a rapper who beat him up because he's black. Because I bro, think he would be no, judged by would. a totally different standard. This day and age, he would, bro. Yeah, he'd these he'd days, probably actually, be bigger. Yeah. He'd probably I be bigger. That, I started thinking yeah, about 6 yeah, 9 yeah, I'm like, this yeah, day you're and right. age, he'd probably be bigger, bro. <laughs> but, but I do he think He probably would show up with the black eye like, you fucking going down for this, buddy. <laughs> Akka's <laughs> made that point uh, right? to me That's though. Academic. He's judged by a very like different set of standards because of the fact yeah. that he's black. Like, and I think that somebody like well, me or Vlad, we, we get to skate Button, on some stuff. I think Joe Button's man, academics hot though. But that th that whole little dynamic they had on mm -hmm. on that show where they went like Skip Bayless and uh they 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 took the format from like right. the ESPN shit. But people forget the academics. You hadn't really seen him that much till then. Till and then, then all of yeah, a sudden he's, he's on camera. Yeah, you every just day. heard his voice you know, with, with the voice. And you kind of had complex like yeah. like setting him up to they basically were, exactly. get punked by someone like Joe who had yeah. been in the game way longer or yeah. putting him in front of the Migos exactly. like that. Yeah. Like they sort of set him up, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you notice, you notice since that since that show hasn't been popping, his, his shit been on the downside. It wasn't like he was like everybody thought academics was gonna be the guy. Now it's like then he then he aligned himself with the Takashi guy, and that niggas was like, are they are these guys in a relationship? Like what the fuck's going on? And then and then when when Takashi did what he did, it became like oh you. And then he came home and you still aligned with him, and now Takashi's like fuck, I fucked up. Like I I really. That kid's got somebody needs a, a kid need counseling. He needs counseling, bro. Mm. He's a kid. This is the thing. He's what 24, 23, 24 years old. Those are children. He's a baby, man. Like, mm. and going through some real shit, like to the point where he can't go nowhere. Like, how long do you think you're gonna be able to maintain this lifestyle? Cause now your mute now your music doesn't move. Right. You can't be you you're not gonna be able to make enough to pay these security guards for the rest of your life. Yeah. And now you don't put yourself in a position where there's guys that would want to do something to you just for the points. Oh, yeah. Just for the fucking, just to say, I'm the one who got Takate. They have nothing to do with you. But when he was no. out here rolling around with 10 security guards, it's like, oh, haha, -ha, like none of these gang members can get to you. But I mean, how long are you going to be able to roll with 10 security exactly. guards if you're not streaming? You can't exactly. do shows right Ex now. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And, he, and, 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 you, and that's why he should, I think, if he had some elders around him who, who would, they would just be like, man, you made a mistake. You got to come and say, yo, man, I was not ready to fucking do no time, bro. I, I folded under the pressure. Mm. Not, ah, 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 you motherfuckers didn't. Like, that was the wrong, wrong, wrong move. Because he came out and, like, went to Chicago, clowned all these yeah, dudes, dead homies and stuff. Yeah, and then crazy. the album fails, and now it's like you already used up all the yeah, thing, all the cards that you had yeah, to, to Already, be, that quick. Yeah, because now you can't do anything more yeah, disrespectful than that. That quick. You better make some great investments with that with that money they gave you. Yeah. You got to make some super good, because now you, you looked at, 
This this is the thing about hip hop fans. They'll flip on. Look at what they did to Ja Rule. Mm. They'll flip on you overnight. That was some crazy shit. That I've never seen no shit like that in my life. Ja Rule went from being the guy to oh look, it's Ja Rule. Like to to being being clowned over. Literally over, and I seen girls when I when girls started doing it. I was like, "Bitch, you was just loving this." Yeah. I'm real. Do- yesterday, <laughs> now it's like I don't like Ja Rule. Bitch, you was <laughs> you loved them yesterday, <laughs> right? And and that that's how hip hip hop fans are fickle. They'll go to the next. They'll go to the next guy. Yeah, I mean, if the hottest cool. rapper at that time tells you that you shouldn't fuck with another rapper, I mean. It's very, yeah, very hard to get bro. past that. It's very hard to get, man. I, I don't think have we seen that happen since then. You know, again? honestly, the closest thing I can think of right now is Tory Lanez, in terms oh, yeah. of somebody sort of like losing their stature in a really yeah, short his period album, of time. His album is good, and nobody right. cares about. It. Like he put, he put a, a good piece of. Uh, I mean, the industry's kind of like blacklisted him in like a very real way by not putting yeah, him on playlists and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, you have a huge him. percentage of the media that wants nothing yeah, to do with him. That shit hurts. And, Could you fuck it, up somebody's life like that? Yeah, but it's crazy because it still feels like there's a shitload of people that really fuck with him and do like will listen to the project and shit, but. But the, when the, the industry's hating on you that hard, yeah. and the media is hating on you that yeah, hard, yeah. and now the law that 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 suit is actually going gotta, through. Now you got Now you gonna spend. Now you gotta spend the money. Yeah. And the money's not coming in like you used to. And now to fight what what they what the system does to celebrities is fucked up. Mm. Because you look at Wayne, right? When Wayne caught that gun charge, they found the the gun was licensed to Cortez, uh-huh. right? So he had a permit for the gun. Just because it was in Wayne's bag on a tour bus, they didn't find a shit on Wayne's person. All the money Little Wayne got, the millions and millions of dollars he could spend on legal fees, he still had to do a year in Rikers Island. Right. You know why? Because he's Little Wayne. Yeah. That's it, because, because of who you are. If that was a regular, regular Joe, mm-hmm. he would have got 90 days if, if he could afford a $15,000 lawyer. But wasn't that New York City gun case? Isn't it always a couple yeah. of years, especially at that nah, time? No? Nah, nah, that's bullshit. I lived my life uh, always yeah. hearing about that. Nah, that's bullshit, no? bro. That's bullshit. Okay. You could you could get, I know guys that got 90 days for a gun and five years probation. But you saw it. You're just going to get a felony. There was a period in your career where everybody was so excited about this new rapper and everybody wanted you to win. And then at some point, they just, once they've seen enough of you, they decide, like, oh, we don't need him anymore. Let's let's break him down. That'll be fun. Yeah. We built him up. Build him up to break. That's, that, that's the name of the game. They, mm-hmm. did it, they did it with 50. They tried to do it with 50 Cent, but 50's so smart, he went to television. Mm you know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, oh, y'all nigga, I'm a fake laugh and go right on y'all motherfuckers. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go kill this TV shit, the film mm-hmm. game, G Unit Films, fuck music. Greatest I'm, internet troll of all time, too. Yeah, man, he he's smart. He's marketing genius. He's a marketing genius. He he said, I'm gonna put uh, Irv Gotti and niggas out of business. He said that shit, and they were top of the food chain. And he know he under he he really takes that 48 laws of power and right. he applies it. And, and it works for him. It yeah. works for him. You know what I'm saying? It works for him. Like, he's, he's killing the TV game, the film game. This guy got shows on ABC. He, he done turned stars into a reputable fucking... <laughs> who the mm. fuck was watching stars before power and all that? You didn't give a fuck about stars. That shit is hard to pull that off. That shit is damn near showtime. Making right people care about a TV uh, show a at network, all in 2020? Net, fucking network, though. It's tough. Yeah, it's very tough, bro. And he, and he pulled it off. So he said, nah, y'all can't get rid of me that easy. You know what I'm saying? A lot mm-hmm. of guys don't know how to transition. Right. You don't know how to transition. Like, me, even though I never blew up, and I never had no, I never had a fucking song that charted in my life uh-huh. on the radio, ever. Never. 
but I was able to sustain. I was able to get on television. I was able to even get on fucking Ratchet Ratchet Mondays or whatever the fuck, Loving Hip Hop when it was right. popular. You know, I was able to always, for 19 years, figure a way out to, to make a living. I've never had to go get a nine to five since the year 2000 yeah. without a hit song. That shit is a testament in itself. You know no, what I'm saying? It's an anomaly for sure. But is that a regret for you that you never had that one, like no. that kick push type moment? Nah, because you know why? I, I could have been a, one of those artists like that had that hot, trendy song mm -hmm. and it went like this. I'd rather go like this and soar than go up and down. Mm. I've seen it happen. Think about it. I can name, where, where's fucking, uh, I don't want to talk about the guy who passed away, but where's, um, where's, hey, baby. Hurricane Chris. Yeah, didn't you just catch an attempted murder charge or a murder see, charge? See. <laughs> what was that? Where's yeah. fucking um, DJ Unk speaking in? Where's right. he at? Where right. where the franchise boys? Where's DF down? Um, the leopard taffy. Yeah. Where, these guys that who, who the label was telling me to do like look 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 look, and these guys couldn't. They, they if they put out music right now, nobody's gonna give a shit. Mm. I'm not saying I'm the hottest shit in the world, but I I, I wouldn't just do the whole new deal with Tech Nine and, and a reputable and a big label. Now, at this stage of my career, 20 mm. years later, you know what I'm saying, to where they're investing money in my career. What's, so, the, what's the key to pushing rap as a, a elder statesman of the game? Because, I mean, the whole game is built around, like, propping up new artists and shit. Nah, like, what, you gotta, you gotta what hold is your key position. to making it work? You got to hold your position as who you are, an elder statesman. I'm, 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 I'm big homie. I'm the big homie, bro. Mm. I've been around. I, everything ain't nothing you could do that I haven't done. You know, I've been on the biggest TV shows in the world. I've been fucking sit, standing next to Jay-Z doing records. I've been, I've done it. I've done, like I said, I didn't, I never, I never had big songs on the radio because I, I made the kind of songs that I wanted to make. Mm. I didn't falter. I didn't, I didn't go drink the Kool-Aid. I refused to drink the Kool-Aid. And this is why I'm somebody you can come learn from. Mm. And this is why I, I, I can write books now where people want to, there's so many people requesting, yo, I want to read your book. I want to, if somebody's willing to take six hours to sit there and read about my life, I did something right. Mm. I already sold a few hundred of these books. They don't even come out yet. Right. So I'm doing something, I'm, I did something right. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't look back. I don't have, only regret I really have, honestly, was really, What's my main regret that I would say? My main regret, <clears throat> excuse me, is not playing into the the bullshit a little longer until I had a bigger audience. Mm. I went too, I went left too quick. Right. I went left soon as I got my record deal. I should have said fuck it. You know, let me let me give Julie what she wants. Let me, long as it's not something where I'm like compromising who I am. I could have found a happy medium to make her happy and still felt like I wasn't, you know what I mean, playing myself right. and played the game a little longer. But I was, I, was, I was stubborn. I'm a cancer. I was like, fuck that. I'm doing what I want. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm doing what I want. And that's what made it be like, okay, you don't have our support anymore. Right. And when you, you need, when you got that, when you have the ability to have that kind of support, because not just the money, but the connections. And when, when you sign to a label, a lot, so many more doors open than when you're independent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you're, you know, it's weird too because it's like that's a similar fate to a lot of artists from that time period, like Murda and Papoose, like mm -hmm. where they didn't even get to like put out those albums that really like represented yeah. what they were capable of. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of it has to just do with where the music industry was at that yeah. time because it that, was in that weird time where the internet was creeping in. All of a sudden, CDs weren't selling, but streaming yeah. wasn't a thing yet. Buying MP3s yeah. wasn't really a thing yet. <laughs> yeah, we got. It was a very weird era. We we all we all got 
big deal. Pap had a biggest, the biggest deal of all of us. Right. Pap was on Jive with Million Dollar Record Deal. And he got caught up in that time. It was a time frame. As talented as he is, it was like, nobody's caring about lyrics right now. Go write me a jingle. Yeah. Go write a jingle. Go. We got, the, we got this T-Pain guy with this voice box. Go get a fucking voice box, homie. We need that electronic sound. You know, T-Pain, there was a time where T-Pain could do no wrong, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, look, now T-Pain can't give his shit away. You ever thought about doing a Slaughterhouse-style group? Yes. That'd be But I want to do it with young, I want to do it with young kids. Mm. Yeah, I want to find, yeah. Like you and a crew? Me, yep, oh, me okay. and a couple young, young, hungry, young Saigons where I could t- teach them the way, the do's and don'ts. I don't want right. to go grab a, a bunch of old niggas that didn't make it. It's kind of crazy though, because I see it with Gucci. Where and I didn't, I don't mean that. No disrespect. But like to slow down. Gucci is like consistently trying to sign artists, and it feels like the the artists always want like more independence and like mm-hmm. end up moving in ways that he doesn't agree with. Yeah. And I, as a fan watching, it kind of strikes me as like, well, if you're Gucci and you can't get these artists to just fall in line, then I don't know. But the like, thing these is, artists all you got to do, all you got to do is be fair with them because. Mm-hmm. If they were smart, you notice none of them actually. Only one that really probably popped is Waka out of all of them. Yeah. All them artists Early Gucci on, he had signed. A lot of success. Yeah. yeah. Waka's rich as fuck. So all, all, all of these other artists that he signs that don't, that want to be like, fuck it, I don't want to fall in line, they don't go nowhere. Right. Like if you can stand next to Gucci, man, even though he don't put out music as much as he used to, but nigga, that's the, that's a way in. Right. Just don't sign. Just be like, treat me fair. Don't don't, don't put them in a bullshit deal. You mm. know what I mean? But if you're willing, I, I would never grab some guys up and be like, let me take your publishing mm. and do this and do that. I'd be like, nah, take own all your shit. You should own your shit. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear about that as much now because these artists, they're smart. They realize that they have so many more opportunities yeah. before they already have signed everything away. That's like. why it's hard. That's why you got to get a guy who's ripe, who's fucking nobody with, with six followers you know what and that's why when you talk to the labels you see them trying to sign artists that have like a couple thousand followers like yeah. the artists that when i speak to labels that they have their eyes on versus the artists that i'm interested in interviewing that maybe have a couple hundred thousand followers yeah. or whatever it's so different so like different they're trying to sign them early on because then they can get them for 10 grand 20 yeah. grand because you know? once a guy got a million followers he's like i'm lit yeah. you know what i'm saying like i got more followers than the guy on your fucking label like right. and it's all about the thing about followers followers is a figment of your imagination mm. too because people could be following you for the wrong reasons yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying you thinking oh i got it you just look at a number and like like you you could look at a guy like fucking what's his name ice jj fish right wow. <laughs> and he got bad, he got bad followers and shit yeah. but people follow him to clown him you know what i mean like yeah. like 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 the a-town like people sometimes they follow you just to laugh at you yeah they not, it ain't like they want to support you. A supporter and a follower is two different things. Yeah, There's yeah. guys with a million followers that they put up a T-shirt, they might sell three T-shirts. Right. What good is these million motherfuckers if no, if only three people going to go to your, your merch and go buy a T-shirt? Yeah, no, 100%. So I, yeah. well, I was just going to say that it was weird for me because I didn't actually watch Entourage until 2014. Oh shit! So I was very like far like, removed from yeah. like the period of which I was listening to you when you were coming out, yeah. and then seeing all those years later. Like when you look back at that, like how do you remember that experience? That shit was amazing, man. That was you told my feeling like a rock star. That's why I said like I've never had a, like a hit song on the radio, but mm. that was so much bigger than a hit song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying being on the number one show on HBO for a couple of years, that shit was. It was like you talking about. 
opportunities and doors opening up and you like I used to be in Hollywood at a party fucking Sigoni Weavers drunk in the corner Tara Reid like shit where rappers can't get in yeah. like they got this shit where rappers cannot fucking they be like you be like oh I got I'm got a platinum singer they be like get the fuck out of here <laughs> who the fuck are you like they yeah. don't like parties around here in Hollywood and shit they only let A-listers in and because I came with Mark and Wahlberg and these guys and we got the hottest show I was able to rub elbows with these guys and, and, and party with them and drink and hang out with them. And so this is just like, unreal. it was unreal because yeah. I went from the underground to where my shows got three girls in there and them bitches <laughs> break dancing. The three girls in there got sweatpants on and they spinning on their head. Oh, Everybody man. else got army jackets and shit. And <laughs> I'm like, damn. I need, a, I need my shit to look like a Drake show. Ain't no high heels in this motherfucker. I was like, just watching the Come Again video, and there's a white girl in a Yankees fitted, and there's a dude pointing a gun like uh, right over her shoulder right at the camera. Head, right? <laughs> yeah, those are the kind of business. Right, that's my, a Saigon fan yeah, right there. Yeah, right. those are the kind of girls I had at my shows. And I went from that to fucking the biggest show on HBO, literally overnight uh, in a matter of months. And it's so it was like, this shit, it felt surreal. It, it it felt so surreal. I had to be like, damn, I had to reel myself in because, and what really, how it really fucked me up. The show got so big when I wanted to continue with my music shit. Motherfuckers was like, oh, this nigga's trying to be a real rapper now. Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm like, they're like, oh, the kid from Entourage is trying to really rap. The guy Saigon from the show wow. is trying to be a rapper. I'm like, nah, they found me rapping. What the fuck do? Like, the storyline is kind of, yeah, so kind of was like so. That shit was huge. I didn't, and when you're in it, you don't realize how big it is because you're part of it. But then when, when you step away from it and you look, because my nigga, like to this day, I go I go meet people and I introduce myself as Saigon. They be uh -huh. like, oh, like the guy from Entourage. Right. They don't care. You don't even put the name with the face. And, you know what I'm saying? I guess I looked, I had braids. So, but they be like, oh, like the guy from Entourage, you mean? I'm like, oh yeah, that, that that's me. Right. Like, no way. This fucking that show, that show, that was like Sex in the City for men. Mm. You know how women, there's certain generation of women that Sex in the City was they shit. Yeah. That's what Entourage was for 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 that, for that generation. Taught you how to be a douchebag in Hollywood. Yeah. Yep. One hundred percent. Which we're all at some level basically <laughs> kind of doing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel that. Man. Nah, but that that like the the experience was. And that that's one of the highlights of of being in an entertainment world mm. because I got to learn how production work. I got to see how they produce the shit and how much goes into it. I used to be arguing with Doug Ellen like I do a take, and I'd be like, I could do it better, Doug. He's like, We got what we need. I'm like, Nah, trust me, I could I could nail it. He's like, Saigon, we're good. Nah, man, I'll argue with the guy for Tim. He's like, yo, check this out. If I if I didn't have what I needed, we'd still be doing takes, bro. Yeah, I got what I need, man. Can I can I direct? <laughs> I'm like, and then and so I you know I ended up doing my own uh, TV show, and it never came out yet. But I, I learned how to produce. I learned how to really direct. I learned because I'm one of those guys that like to learn while I'm doing shit. And so so much came from that, man. And um, though I'm still got a great relationship with with Jerry Turtle. Like that's my guy. Like Turtle, yeah. when I put out a project, he, you know, he he promotes it. He does all of that. When he comes to New York or he'll go to L.A., he just had a little boy, 
He's like, yo, your nephew, he calls his son my nephew. Like, we're like brothers, man. And I, that's a relationship that came from that TV show. That seems like one thing you're really strong at is, like, maintaining the relationships with people you actually give man. a fuck about. It's positive energy, man. It's good. Like, it's good. K. Slade did my first mixtape. K. Slade could call me anytime. Like I said, every DJ hated me. He was the only one guy that sat me down and said, yo, you're doing it wrong. Shorty, mm -hmm. let me... Let me and I and I respected him for that. I respected him so much. I told him, I said, yo, man, thank you. And I changed. He made me, he's like, yo, you're not gonna, nobody's gonna, this is why nobody's fucking with you. Cause they don't like you because you you thinking you could bully and, and, and come like, and he's like, that you're going about it. Cause I tried to bully him. He's like, yo, shorty, you can't bully me, man. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? But I'm gonna tell you why you fucking up. I'm gonna tell you what you're doing wrong. Nobody else stopped to sat me down. And that's what we, that's what I mean by being an elder. We're supposed to do this to the younger generation. We're supposed to sit down and be like, yo, shorty, like nobody did that to this Takashi kid. Mm. Well, Fat Joe tried to. Right. He tried, See? And Fat Joe's one of the real ones. He's one of the guys who's who's a real dude. You know what I'm saying? Fat, Joe, right. Fat Joe sat him down and said, shorty, you bugging. Like, you're going to get yourself into some shit you can't get out. Nah, I got this. I got this. That's a good point. I yeah. rewatched that interview. I haven't thought yeah. about that in a long time. Yeah, he told him. He said, shorty, slow down. Yo. It's funny because the 6 9 thing is such a big story in rap over the past few years, oh but it's also God. the easiest lesson for Every. us to like yeah. give some kid is like if you happen to be blowing up as a rapper, yeah. don't align yourself with a street yeah. gang. Yeah, because you're going to die or go to jail. Like mm. that. This is, what, this is what you sign up for when you join a gang. What, what gangster, real gangster, goes and retires on a fucking beach? John mm. Gotti died in prison. Right. These, this is what you sign. These gangsters die and go to jail. It's a fake ass dream that they're selling. Yeah, it's a bullshit. Mm. <laughs> exactly. And, it, and it's so easy to sell because it seems like even Scarface, that's a movie. But what happened to Tony Montana at the end? He mm. got shot the fuck up a thousand times. And it's funny, though, because there's still so many people who see that movie and think, I want to sell coke. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> gonna, yeah. The end part, that Bro, you know me. what? When MTV Cribs was on, bro, I used to watch that shit. Every rapper had a picture of Scarface in their crib. It was like, you know you got to have a Scarface picture. Yeah. First of all, it's a fucking movie. Right. Second of all, Scarface died in it. More people had pictures of him than Jesus. Like, motherfucker, mm. I'm like, yo, why does every rapper feel like they have to have a picture of Scarface uh -huh. in the fucking This is a fucking film. Yeah. And it and it resonated to the point where we thought it was real. Motherfuckers wanted to be drug dealers. That's what I mean about the influence of entertainment. It shit is very, very. You came out in the era of motherfuckers wearing leather jackets with Scarface on the back of it. And yes. shit. remember that? Yes, <laughs> that that's how bad it. Yeah, <laughs> that's how bad it got. I lived in Astoria and there was mad stores selling those yeah, on the block. I'm like, bullshit and the jackets. shirts with all the nines all over it yeah, and shit. Yeah, the Gino Green yeah, with the yeah. nine. That kid came in and made a lot of money <laughs> and, and and went away. And that's that's the power of this shit. Like. If you figure this shit out, and you figure this shit out, you could, it's, it's very lucrative, man. It's like, like who would have, I remember Kanye, I remember Kanye. If Kanye, if you would have told Kanye in 2004 he's gonna be a billionaire, mm. a fucking billionaire, not a millionaire, a billionaire, he would have been like, I might do well, but a billionaire, come on, yeah. bro, that's fucking far-fetched. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's far-fetched. And mm. the fucking guy made a billion fucking dollars. Mm. Like, this shit is, if you do, if you play the game right, and it did the sky's the limit in as far as making money. Yeah. Because, you know, not to say money brings you happiness, but as far as if, if your goal is to get get money, that there's 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 a lot of upside in, in, in this culture and hip-hop. It's so much. These guys have made, a lot of guys have made a lot of money. Like, it's unheard of for guys to become billionaires or fucking rap. Or, or I would say it's more from sneakers 
for him. Yeah, but without the rap, yeah, without yeah, the rap, yeah. you couldn't sell a sneaker. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If people didn't love you, they wouldn't care about your sneaker like that. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? That is just crazy to think that he owns like a relatively small percentage of that, and he's still worth that and much still, off of it. Fucking look, he sells them. Them shit sell like hotcakes. I mean, hey, selling sneakers. My friend picked me up the other day. He had three. He said, "Yo, I got the new." Uh, yeah, like four pair of Yeezys, brand new. I said, how much did you spend? He's like, oh, like 1500 bucks. I said, on fucking sneakers? Yeah. Oh, shit. No, people don't normally knock on that door. That's kind of surprising. Um, well, she's going to look through the fucking mail slot. Nice. <laughs> I never had anybody come to that door. Uh-oh, they found your hideout. Imagine. Hideout. Imagine a shootout don't right worry. now. Don't worry. I'm here, bro. I'll, I'll jump in front of it. Just to kind of if go. I got to shoot somebody in front of Saigon, I, I'd love it. Dude. This shit should go, go viral like a motherfucker. It it's so funny it. because I, do you guys remember a rapper named Gravy? Oh yeah, the, shot the, himself the, in the ass. Yeah. No, he didn't shoot himself. Somebody oh. else shot him. Oh wait, no. Okay, he didn't. But that was the the rumor for a while was that he shot himself in the ass on purpose to get some clout going, right? <laughs> That's what they were saying. But I was there when it happened. He didn't. Oh he, really? Yeah, because we went we we freestyling on flex that night. Right. And his whole shit was, I'm still after he got shot. He was like, this is my shot. Right. No pun intended. Like. I gotta go do this freestyle with the blood leaking out his ass. I'm right. like, bro, go to the hospital, man. But he got shot in Manhattan. Yeah, over he got what? Shot like, right, shot on the street he or got by shot a guy? right in front of Hot 97. Right, but then they banned him for that, right? Yeah, for getting shot. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, he still went upstairs and yeah. did the freestyle. Right. So I'm standing there like with a bullet it, it, in his ass. With How a bullet in his ass. You bro, ever heard anything like this, people? Check this like, out, though. Make it. Uh, this is what made me. This is why this might have been my worst freestyle ever. Cause it, it, the setup looks similar to this. Like everybody got their mic, so I know he shot. I see the little hole in his ass, in his jeans, and the powder burn and all that shit. And he's rapping, and he's like this. So I'm just waiting for him to collapse. Those, it was just like, cause I kept telling him, "Yo, go to the hospital, homie." Cause you know, I know if you hit a vein, I know it's an ass shot. How many seven's gonna let you come back realistically? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you, you could explain they that. They don't have that much going on, bro. You could explain that, yo. I, I know last yeah. time, you know, I got shot. That's a great excuse. Bro, he went up there and Flex is like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is going on, man?" Sorry, Flex is like, "Yo, Flex is like, yo, bro, man." Um, Flex wanted him to leave, right? But fuck, he was like, "Yo, do, do your rap and go to the hospital." And the nigga, uh, oh, oh, now they're dropping off food. Everybody want to go to this door. God damn it, we gonna put a sign that says "Do not knock." Back. Be a great idea. So uh, yeah, so that's that. That's why I'm like, that's when I was like, yo, I, I I want to shine too. But if I get shot in the ass, I'm going to. I'm gonna make sure I'm okay first. Like that, my life is more important than than this shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, a crazy thing when I left New York and moved to LA, <coughs> I basically like when I was at the airport. Mm -hmm. Gravy's just sitting there across from me. And I'd never, like, really, even in all my years living in New York, like riding bikes and stuff, I'd never really seen that many rappers and stuff. And I remember Gravy was just sitting there, and I remember he had, like, a, a really gay, like, stylist with him. Yeah. It just kind of <laughs> blew my mind. I didn't know. A I didn't lot know of these that. guys, that's, that's a lot of their stories, man. <laughs> like, if you need a stylist, period, like, you might want to. It might not have been a stylist. It might have been a manager or a PR. I don't yeah. know, something. But, but, but either way, this guy was flaming. Gravy, Jamal is one of the cooler guys and okay. the rappers that I met. And, you know, a lot of these guys start to believe that character. Mm. And I go, you're not that character, man. Just, like, snap out of it. Some of these guys, you know, they, 
you'd be a social setting, you'd be at a restaurant, and he'd still be like this, word the mother son, word, like, right. bam, you could smile, bro. Yeah. You could smile. You, it's not a video shoot. There's no, there's nobody around judging you. You could be, right, you could be even the toughest guys. I've been in maximum security prisons. I've been with guys who got three fucking bodies, right. and they're happy, and they smile. They don't, they're not, oh, that, that shit is, that's theatrical. Right, and these guys sometimes don't know how to turn it off, especially when there's an audience. You That's know crazy. That? I feel like I've met so many of those guys, but I also have like seen them turn it off relatively quickly. I, so the idea of them just not being able to turn yeah, it off, sounds I guess crazy. it's who they yeah. get around because when they got an audience, like yo, fam, you, you, it's okay to be. A, a regular person who smiles and happy and and you know it's that's a, you don't always have to be in character right and and they start to believe that they're this did this person and there's a lot of them a lot of them a lot of them and I and I that's why I get around these guys and I just be like whoa because when you be around that element for real like being in a fucking penitentiary for seven years mm. you start to see the most dangerous motherfuckers are quiet as shit you wouldn't even they they walk around with little glasses on briefcase trying to go in the law library trying to find a way to beat this three triple life's <laughs> senses right. they got they're not running around like this those are the guys who are scared yeah because they try to scare people off with the faith they call face fighting those are the guys who really don't want no problems. Those are the scared guys. <laughs> That's real. I feel like I yeah. see like such a different version of people because people are always like, if I meet like that angry face, like everybody's trying to be a rapper now. Everybody's yeah. trying to be yeah. something. Yeah. So I feel like I get to see the the presentable version that they want to show, which is like, yeah, maybe I'm gangster, but also like, look how talented I am, or look yeah. at this thing yeah. I have going for me. Because they they like you got a platform, and I need I can't I don't want to scare you away. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't want to. Probably shapes know. my worldview a bit. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's, it's it's a lot of shit, man. What else? Uh, what do we need to know about Saigon in terms of um, 2020 and beyond? 2020 and beyond, man. I like. Uh, Travis O'Gwen and Tech Nine, man, they put me in a good situation because even though I, I wasn't putting out music, I never stopped recording. So I was sitting on like fucking volumes and volumes of music. Mm. And I was like, damn, man. Like, as I was co parenting, raising my three children, I was always, my creative juices was always flowing. So I'm like, damn, man, what am I going to do? Am I just going to let this shit sit here? And it just added by chance, you know. I reached out to Trav and I'm like, yo, man, we should do something. And, you know, he flew me out to Kansas City, played the music for him. He was like, yo, you got a lot of shit. He said, just promise me you're going to be consistent, man. Don't, not with the, we don't start and stop over here, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? If we're going to go, we're going to go. And cause, because I said something and I thought, I thought I was being cool. I'm like, you know, I'm getting older. I don't feel like doing this shit for much longer. He said, well, if that's the case, then I'm not the, I'm not the, mm. this ain't the place for you. I'm like, huh? What you mean by that? He said, bro, Tech Tech Nine is one of the, he's the elder in this game. And when you get around this guy and you see the passion that he has for this game, it's almost like the fucking first day he started. And I, when I got around him and seen it, it just sparked something in me. I was like, damn, bro, you like this shit like you's brand new. He loves this shit like he's just starting to do it. Right. Tech, he loves he loves it, and that's why he's successful. He's like. When you when you have your skill set, you say you got the skill set that I know you have. Everybody knows you have. Never been, your music has never been a problem. If you got this skill set and you're consistent, there's that's a recipe to win. There's no way you're not gonna win. You just gotta keep. It's like chopping down a tree. Right. You gotta keep. You're not. You might not fall the first hundred 
three hundred swings. But if you keep hitting that motherfucker, eventually it's gonna you're gonna yell timber. So you put a lot of time in on tour with with Tech Nine already though. No, I, I went on tour with them with with uh, Chris Calico with Strange Music. Tech wasn't on the tour, okay. but it was the rest of the artists. Uh, like five five years ago. Oh, okay. So that's how the rapport started. Right. But so when I had, I'm just sitting on all this music and I'm doing all these albums and I'm like, damn, am I just gonna just sit on this shit forever? You know. So I, you know, I, I, we we did the deal. So that I got another album coming out this year, another one. I just I put out album August. I got an album coming out in December. You like yeah. the road though? Like, would you go? I love the road. Would you go do three months on tour with Tech nah. Nine if you could, yeah, or is I, that too much? I, once, uh, it's a lot. Three bro. months is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm not gonna Maybe lie. About a month or because a it, weeks. it sounds good, but at this stage, like when I'm in my twenties, yes, because mm. it's fun, fuck around, groupies, girls, and shit. At this stage, I seeing a fat ass is like seeing a tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, fat ass, uh, whoop de doo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when, when you're young, yeah. But now it's like it's business, so it's good to make the money. You know, and I love to I love to perform and get you know to see the reaction. But that road is grueling, man. Going mm. fucking showering at truck stops and shit, and all that on that yeah. tour bus, living in a bus with a bunk with twelve guys. Nigga fart above you, smell you like, oh shit. It's like, yeah. Somebody, yeah. So one one person fart the whole bus. Clear the bus. Clear the bus. <laughs> it's a nasty one. Somebody let a net. Nobody wants to claim it and shit. It's like, yeah, that that like, that shit gets annoying. You want you want to go home quicker than you think, bro. Yeah. Home is like, and then it's funny because as soon as you go home, you're like, damn, I missed the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but those guys work hard, man. Those guys work really, really, really really hard when you see their merch operation how they do merch how they do travis o'gwen is the most meticulous human being i ever met if there was a piece of lint in this floor and it moved from when he walked in he'd know the shit mm. he'd be like yo that little blint was over there when i walked in the wind must have blew it a little bit that's how fucking meticulous this guy he could tell you every angle from every show from every camera that tech nine every did he has it <laughs> he like, if I want to go to this angle from this camera, I got it got all of this shit in computer. I I said, yo, what the fuck? I've never seen. If I want to go to the show, 1999, the show in Denver, I want this angle. It's right here. Right. Like, that's that's the benefit of being a hundred percent focused on the shit that you're doing. I feel like focused, somebody man. like me, I'm always like thinking about like, all right, like this is dope, but like maybe I could do this, maybe I could do that. Some people. They, yeah. they figure out, like, we're rapping, we're going on tour, we're going to do this Bro, to such an extreme. It's like OCD on steroids mm. with this guy. I, like, it's, it's, and he only wears black really? every day. He doesn't, he wears black every single day. All black. All black. Same mm. khakis, a t-shirt, or shorts. I respect that, too. Every single day. You so you don't have to think about it in the you morning. You don't have to that's think of, cool, yeah, yeah, that's the thought that's going. And I'm mm. like, why do you, guys? I asked him, I didn't. He didn't even say it. I noticed it. I'm mm. like, yo, every time I see you, you got black on. I said, that's all I wear is black, man. Yeah. I wear black. And I started trying to find them, <laughs> like Googling them, trying to find some shit where it wasn't black and I couldn't find wow. nothing. I'm like, this is kind of different. I've never experienced no shit like well, this. Well, that's like Mark Zuckerberg, who owns Facebook and shit. A bunch uh, of those guys oh, in the they, tech world, they, they do are. the same yeah, thing because... To them, it's like that's wasted time and energy. Yep. You got to think about what you can put on every yeah, day. Yeah, that's a, some. He got. He has this little. Uh, I can't. Oh, I'm not gonna tell all his secrets. He might be like, "Yo, you giving up fucking secrets?" So, but but you know, I got that going on. I got a fucking uh, a website called Hip Hop My Way that's generated to new artists. That's really trying to help new artists because man, the shit that's going on with 
these these new artists getting duped and shit. This shit's not cool. Mm. So I, I started a website a couple years ago called Hip Hop My Way. So it's like if you if you go up there and build a profile, you, it's like almost like having your own website. Mm -hmm. Like you could put all you can consolidate all your socials to one place. So if I wanted to go up there and find the next guy. I can go up there and let's say I heard of him, type his name in. I can go to his fucking so Facebook, his his Instagram, if he got videos, if he wants to start his own podcast, and mm -hmm. it all lives right there. And and we we host everything for them, and we don't charge them nothing, zero. Uh -huh. We make our money on the advertising side with the traffic because the, my business partners are out. They, that's what they do. They're uh, it's a big multi. It's one of the tech guys, right? Who who got a, uh, he owns a company called Digital Remedy. We did a joint venture with them. And how that, long so people can get the book? Oh, this comes out. No, the, the physical copy comes out November 13th. Okay. And you could pre-order. You could pre-order it now. If you go to Amazon, you could pre-order it. And uh, yeah, this is book one. My, my life was so long. I couldn't even put it in one book. So I had to, I went to a fucking publisher or editor with like <laughs> 200,000 words. They're like, fam, <laughs> you wrote the Bible, nigga. You just wow. wrote the Bible. You better break that shit up. So I had to break it up into 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 different books so this is book one and uh this this comes out and this it really showcases my life from like the prison shit to yeah. the, the industry to really like bossing up and then and then starting companies and learning about llc's and the shit mm -hmm. we should learn in school the shit they don't teach us how to be self-sufficient they teach us how to be employees definitely you know you don't learn about business management until college you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that should be the basis of what you learn you know but i guess everybody can't be a boss right then there's no workers definitely no, but yeah man sure. it, it, it's 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 been it's been a hell of a ride adam man it's been a hell of a ride man and and i look back and i wrote this book so my children could say my children my grandchildren could know my story god forbid i'm not here to tell it you know right. what i'm saying it's it. Nobody, because what happens is once you're not here to tell your story, everybody else starts to tell your story. Yeah. So I'm, I, I put it in black and white just in case. And, and, and I want my, that being I have children, I want them to know who I was, what I stood for, why I stood for it, where it came from, where they came from, even how they were conceived. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because it wasn't the actual normal way like that, that it usually happens. Like let them know, like, me and your mother might not have been in love, but you were definitely born out of love. You know, right. you were loved from day one. Cause you never know, you know. I even, I even got life insurance. You know what I'm saying? Like that's some shit I would have never thought of. Like what happens to my kids if something happens to me? You know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys running around flashing money, doing all this shit. They don't got life insurance. Yeah. They, the kids is out there exposed. Somebody claps them. Some somebody claps you. Yeah. <laughs> nothing so, comes yeah, from it. Nothing yeah. comes from it, bro. Yeah. Your shit ain't even in your name. You don't even own your masters. So yeah. somebody's gonna own all the rights to go to your. We gotta we gotta learn how to set ourselves up because we need elders, man. We need the older the older generation gotta step up. Stop trying to fucking be young, and pick 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 your fucking pants up. You know what I'm saying? And, and start start start. Don't be afraid to 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 grow old, and not not even grow old, but to to, to mature to mature. And, and a lot of us don't want to mature. We want to be kids. Like, motherfuckers, if the clubs was open now, I could name 10 rappers that would be in a club three, four days a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Facts. At least. Yeah, three, four days a week. And, like, wasn't we here in our 20s and shit? Like, 
this shit is for the kids. Let them enjoy this. Like, yeah. they're, they're 19, they're in college, they want to hang out and have fun. We shouldn't be partying with 21 and 22-year-olds. I worry about how over the club I am. Because I feel like I'm never going to go to the club I again. I will never go to the fucking club again. I will that. I, I, I was over it before the pandemic. Mm. And then when I see guys like, yo, look, we're doing the same fucking thing. Yeah. I'm like, you're, you're fucking... Nas made a song called Second Childhood mm. one time. I think these guys are in their fourth, mm. third and fourth childhood. Right. It's like they don't want to give it up. Like, grow the fuck. Some of them got kids this old. They be partying with their children in the same club. Like, this don't sit right with me. That's so weird to me that that's just a thing for them to do. Like, it's just <laughs> it's some normal it's, shit. It's backwards, man. Yeah, but, you know, it. somebody got somebody to gotta take, the, take the bull by the horns and say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be the example for you motherfuckers who don't want to grow up. And, and you know, but they, but you know, it's a lot of opportunity out there in, in, in this in this world, and especially now that we all had time to sit and think. Mm -hmm. This this state, look, this this doesn't happen if this pandemic didn't, didn't happen. You're and, making me feel bad. I didn't write a book. You know what made me write this? I, I couldn't get my daughter to read a book. I said, "Yo, check this out. I'm gonna write a book." Uh -huh. And I was my my goal really was to write like a couple paragraphs and shit, and make a, put a little folder and be like, "Look." I wrote a book and you you act like you don't want to read. You know, it's hard to get kids to read, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And 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 now I could go look, see? I did my I did my part. I wrote not only I wrote a book, I wrote a real fucking thick book. <laughs> so now And there's another one on the way. I should yeah, and there's another one. I should never have a hard time getting you to fucking read a book again. Yeah. And now it already it worked already. Now she called me, "Dad, I read a book. I read another book. I read another book." So I'm, I'm leading by example, you know what I'm saying? That's fine. Right. Now my my mom forced me to read so much as a kid, and I really kind of thank that for so much that yeah. I eventually, you know, just given you need to instill that hunger man. for learning as somebody. They say and it's funny us as black people they got this saying yo if you want to hide something from a black person put it in a book <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying and and this is that's a fucked up stigma and a fucked up stereotype to have and and a lot of it is true like i was one of them guys i i would buy something and i it comes with a little instruction booklet i'm sitting there finger fucking the thing for hours when all i had to do was just read what the fuck to do <laughs> and i would have been instead of me reading them four pages i'm sitting here like nah, i'm gonna figure this dumb shit out and wasted man time yeah. when i could have just read the instructions and put the shit together i've definitely been there and i've watched my friends put together ikea furniture without using the fucking manual oh, yeah, and it's just like how shit. could you possibly live like this <laughs> that's why that shit falls apart man. Hell yeah. the ikea shit cheap as shit <laughs> do it yeah facts uh, yeah, man. Yo, I appreciate you coming through, man. Nah, for real. Thank you, man. Thank you so honor much, to man. Get it's to an honor pick to your brain in, and man. everything, man. And keep, keep, keep rising, man. Keep growing, man. Keep growing. Working on you, it. Yeah. A lot of people paying attention. And when you got their attention, you just got to go harder. You got to go hit them over man. the head with good content like this, right? Facts, facts, facts. And yo, pain, peace, and prosperity. Go get the book. Go get Pre yours. Pre-order it. Book one. It got pictures in it. You know, so I didn't go the cheap route. I didn't, I didn't spare no expenses. Uh, and I, I self-published it, so... Support the real. You know what I mean? Much Side love on. to everybody. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on Facts YouTube, like. SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, subscribe. No Jumper if you want to support. Y'all follow the baby. Hit up Saigon. Uh. I'm going to read this shit for real. Yeah. I'm going to take notes so we have something to talk about next time, too. Facts. Facts. Appreciate facts, you, man. Facts. Pow. Love. <laughs>